are we how are we gonna remember that do we just leave them on i think we should i just i don't i'm not gonna remember that it's gonna happen every we're gonna get halfway through a story and realize our mics are off like it's just gonna happen every time Listeners, the name of our podcast is Mystery Monsters and Merlot. It's a true crime and paranormal podcast. Yes. Did hosted, I? Yes, you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I nail it though? <laughs> so now that the mics are on, we were on the topic of how we met. Yes. By the way, we're Shannon and Nikki. Oh, yeah. That's my name, Shannon. And I'm Nikki. <laughs> and together we're Shaniki. 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 Shiki. <laughs> Nanan? I like Shniki. It sounds like Schnooky, but or what is it? I'm good with Schnicky. A Schnicky. I like Schnicky. I'm down for that one. Yeah. So funny story. That was actually one of my nicknames growing up. Oh, well, now I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I only like it if it's original. And that I came up with it because that means it's cooler. <laughs> but another funny story any nickname i make up for the most part does not last oh now yours is freaking out they're on we strike we're good okay <laughs> all right after the uh more technical difficulties that we just had with our mics <laughs> um, because i wanted to move mine so that i could lean back because i'm broken oh and you're gonna enjoy that because She's going to be broken for quite a while during these episodes. Yes, you are going to have so much fun, listeners. Like, <laughs> seriously. I'm going to be high as a kite, and it is going to be hilarious. For clarification, high on prescription medication. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Should probably clarify that. Not I that mean, we have anything against being high on other things, but yes. she specifically will be high on prescription medication. <laughs> Yes, uh, we are currently recording this the Friday, it's Friday still, right? Sure yes. thing. <laughs> uh, so we're recording this on Friday, the Friday before my surgery, which is on Monday. And I feel like, there we go, I'm much, I'm sounding much better now. So. Oh, that's good. Because I don't know, because my headphones are... <laughs> We don't have that uh, splitter yet, so hey! Hey, we're still learning. Yes, oh, we does are. that count? We better introduce that too. Ah, uh, yes. It doesn't count. It wasn't technically. Not it was quite. like a sing songy voice. It wasn't really. Sing songy voice, there it is! What, that counts? <laughs> no, no, that doesn't count because okay. that would be half of mine right there. Okay, no, yeah, fair. Mine too. So. Okay, so explanation. Yes. I will let Shannon do it. Okay. So, uh, during a previous test recording, we had a conversation about, well, I brought up an idea, I should say, of the fact that we should have, like, a, well, I said a quarter Yes, yeah, she jar. said a quarter jar, <laughs> and I said, oh my god, I would be broke as yeah, ass. Yeah, so uh, now a penny jar. Uh, for every time we break into song, uh, because we both happen to be 
drama slash musical nerds from high school. Definitely choir nerds. Choir all the way. And so we like to just break into song um, because both of our lives are musicals. So 100%. 100%. So that's what I came up with. We have committed to it. I brought in a giant, uh, if you... I don't know if it's you've enormous. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen them, whether or not you drink wine, but it's called Livingston. Um, it's specifically Red Rose. I did not drink the wine that was in it, so I don't know what it tastes like. Darn. But yeah, <laughs> but it's I mean, it's like the almost the same height as a normal wine bottle, but like three times the width. And it's only like an inch shorter than the the one that's inch. next to it. Yeah, yeah maybe so. Because the original bank that I got for this is currently <gasps> sad in bank hospital being no. glued together, um, it, he'll live. It's okay. Okay. We'll, we'll continue the bank <laughs> surgery. Um, <laughs> because of that and due to the essence of the name and things behind our podcast, including the name Merlot, I thought it was appropriate to bring an old wine bottle that I had because I collect glass bottles in general, but mostly alcohol bottles. So She has an amazing collection. I have a pile of pennies next to our penny jar. <laughs> and um, yeah, maybe a fun way that you can listen is you can keep track. And if we miss one, you can hit us up. What I am drinking Yes, what is... are you drinking? I'm drinking water. <laughs> water. Because, what? Because surgery? Because, do you have a reason? Do you want some wine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but I do have to work tomorrow. Okay, because work. Fair enough. Yes. Um, Apparently that's not the password. But uh, <laughs> Still going to be us for a very long time. <laughs> um, so I'm drinking... A Cabernet Sauvignon, and it sounds really fancy. I do not drink this normally. I, you will not Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon. You have to say it like you're French. I have to. I I did sort of. <laughs> I just suck you, at it. You put the N at the end, and they don't say the N at the end. Okay, so I just suck at it essentially. <laughs> but um, I did take French in eighth grade. Okay, so back on topic. Um, the specific. Sauvignon that I am drinking is the vampire uh, because we recently had a little Halloweeny girls night thing and that was part of the joy and it's really adorable because it has a cape. And I was at the liquor store buying some wine for Shannon and I saw that in, in the line and I was like, oh my God, yes yeah it was not like, optional it was literally oh my god they have vampire wine it's a cabernet sauvignon i don't care what you say i'm getting it and and shannon said why would i say anything nobody would say no exactly <laughs> and ironically on the on the idea of nobody would say no i actually told my mom the next day that you got that and she started laughing and saying that she almost bought that for me, but didn't because she thought I would already have it. <laughs> so that just shows you. See, I'm not alcoholic. Everyone else thinks I'm alcoholic and buys me all the alcohol. Um, although I buy myself all the alcohol too, but most mostly wine now. Yeah. Mostly wine. I tried drinking uh, vodka the other night and I did not feel well the next morning. <laughs> 
my body is not used to that anymore. So on Facebook, it's M3 Mystery Podcast, our pages. And uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's M3 Mystery Pod. Right. So that's confusing, yeah. but sorry. But at the same time, like if you type in M3 Mystery, like I'm sure it's going to pop up. So either More way, like likely. you're probably, I mean, not that there's not anything that's M3 Mystery, but yep, you're bound to see it eventually. Eventually, hopefully. <laughs> or not, and just nobody will follow us because nobody will know how to find us. But, you know, <laughs> either either way. Um, okay, so as we have already mentioned what we are about, Nikki is our wonderful true crime Quote, interesting expert. Yeah. <laughs> I am not an expert. I'm not even going to claim that. Um, but I do the paranormal stuff. Um, gotcha. I am a novice at best. Uh, <laughs> but hey, uh, we'll, we'll do our best and, oh, now we're having and more. I'm still adjusting. Technical trying. difficulties. Not necessarily technical well, difficulties, not difficulties, just mental adjustment. difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe me, I will be adjusting many times as well. So, cause we're get, still getting to know our everything. Gotcha. <laughs> our everything. So yeah, what were, uh, what? What were we doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. A podcast. Right. That's right. Okay. That's so, <laughs> so, yes. Nikki is going to do true crime. And I think we are having Nikki go first tonight. I guess so. Okay. All right. My lovely printed notes. <laughs> oh, and to put it out there, because it's not like necessarily obvious. We just think it is. Neither one of us know what each other's story is. And Correct. We did our research all on our own, so I am also learning about this wonderful true crime with all y'all, whoever you are, probably one person. <laughs> or, well, I think we've got like five, six listeners. Let's say like, ten. Let's say like an average ten. There like we a, go. Yeah, there you go. Round up to ten <laughs> and just pray. Okay, so we have... Uh, my my title is a tragic quote unquote accident dun, dun, dun. i do want to say listener discretion is advised aka sorry mom aka <laughs> it will always be advised because all of these things will be terrible seriously and it's a good thing to get that out of the way at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> also if you haven't heard it already i i, I try not to curse but yeah, it's it's difficult. So mm -hmm. there will be um, some f bombs, some s, some, some all shits. the bombs. <laughs> it's like a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on how much wine I get in my system, I will also be swearing. So, I mean, I swear without wine, but it definitely definitely heightens progresses. Me. <laughs> It's more As you more. get further into the wine, yes, that is for sure. A lot of things do. <laughs> yes. Hence my AKA sorry mom, because my mom is LDS. So sorry, I'm mom. really sorry, mom. We love you, Mommy Trowbridge. Yes. But um, I drink, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you knew already, but. And you knew that I cursed, and I told you that it would be happening, and I would try to keep it down in here. So, oh, by the way, people. Um, I'm, I'm kind of sort of living with my parents while I'm recuperating from this surgery and that's where we're, we're recording. So, Hey, 
Because we don't have an option because Nikki couldn't go anywhere anyway. Yeah, because I can't <laughs> walk for four weeks. And Yay. it's better to record here than anywhere other locations that we have currently. So yes. it works. It works out well. No kids here. Yeah. Or Justin's. Yeah. Love you, Justin. If you're listening, you probably aren't. Well, probably not. <laughs> he's probably like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say love you, Bronson, too. And that's my husband. But he's also not listening. So. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have supportive people. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So. Right off the bat, I'm going to cite my sources. Ooh, smart. I know, right? Don't want to offend anyone or say have people say that I said things wrong. It's not my information, I promise. I, I literally have one source, so I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> also, I did these notes last week. So, um, with that being said, I'm... I may or may not remember exactly what it was, and I'm hoping that my notes are thorough uh, thorough enough that I can tell you. But no promises. We may learn also with Nikki. Nikki may learn with us as we go. That's that's how it is. <laughs> All right. So sources. Um, I found this on a Crime Watch Daily video on YouTube. And I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. So I watched it and took notes. And then I was like, wait, but this is kind of confusing. So I went and I found LancasterOnline.com. And I also found um, there are a couple of different tidbits in here that uh, I found from JohnTumultyCriminalDefense.com and FindLaw.com. So Don't add us if that's wrong. Nope. <laughs> I mean, you can, but we're, we're not going to do anything. Not going to be right about how to say a lot of things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um, I also have that a trigger warning should be implied with all of our episodes. It's true crime, y'all. And paranormal, which usually means death. So Yes. <laughs> you got to have death of ghosts. So. Agreed. <laughs> Um, but I do say that if it gets really bad or really graphic, I will give you a trigger warning. So, or really like specifically trigger warnings, like certain topics. Exactly. Yeah. Good, good so. plan. So yeah. So we are in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. Ooh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, we're focusing on Samantha Heller. She was born January 16th, 1995, and she went to McCaskey High School. Um, she was wanting to be a vet tech, and she was uh, studying outside of class to become a vet tech. So cool. that was cool. Very cool. So her mom, um, if you can't tell, Samantha is our victim. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Samantha, also known as Sammy. Um, yes. S-A-M-M-I. Cuter. I know. <laughs> also, ironically, the name of my lizard when I was a teenager, but <gasps> he was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but he was a boy, so. <laughs> Which, you know me and boy names for girls, so. It's true. I, I think that's a really cute name. Yeah. All right. So. Samantha's mom, Sandra, um, she was quoted on the uh, 
the Crime Watch Daily video saying that she was a spitfire. Um, she was her only daughter, and she was the youngest. She didn't specify how many kids she had, so hmm. she was, but Sammy was the youngest. Um, Sammy's friend, Bina, or Bina? How do you spell it? B-I-N-A-H. Bina. That's what I would think. Yeah. Um. Or not, but that's what I would say. <laughs> so, she said that uh, Sammy was the goofiest person you could ever meet. Obviously, she did not meet me. <laughs> I mean, fair. Um, she also said that she could make you laugh even with when you are about to cry. Also, also me. Also you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we would have been friends with her, essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Sure. She had a big heart. She was a social butterfly, and she loved any everybody. And this is where the Crime Watch Daily video said, and that's what made it worse. Jeez. <laughs> or something along those lines. So now people get murdered because... Because they have a big heart. They are loving and social butterflies. I'm assuming yeah. what they actually mean is it made it harder on everybody, but... Or maybe not. Made it easier for her to be targeted. Ugh. Yeah. So, like, just hate everybody. Just... Be really mean and antisocial. I mean, social distancing and everything. And just don't talk to anybody and then you won't get murdered. That's not really how it works. But <laughs> that's what they think, essentially. Well, <laughs> this starts off. So the, the story starts off when she was 15 years old. She met uh, an older boy named Ben Klinger, who was two years older than her. Ooh scandalous yes um there were um a few issues that people saw with him like he he was kind of like negative and oh like red flags yeah okay yeah if we all didn't have a person that we dated in high school that had red flags we didn't do it right <laughs> no comment apparently from nikki <laughs> I'm married, and I don't care what my exes think, so <laughs> every boyfriend from high school had red flags, I'll just... Yeah, and, and, yeah no comment. Because <laughs> you know all of my exes, and... Like, you know all of mine as well. <laughs> yes, but... Yeah. Anyway, so... Anyway. Um, <laughs> you can edit that out if you want to. Yes, please. <laughs> Or you could just stop it where I say that and then start your notes, because I don't care what people think of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, Sammy's friend Paige said that she didn't really want to meet him because of how he made, he's, how he sounded from Sammy's stories and wow. stuff like that. But uh, Sammy insisted that she meet him at least. And when she met him, she couldn't look him in the eye. See, that's that on its own seems like a red flag. Like when your friend doesn't even want to meet who you're dating. Exactly. And then they finally do and they can't even look them in the eye. Yeah. Like run. Just run away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bina said that he frequently drove too fast. Sound like anyone would know. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. I'm all bad talking boyfriends and I'm like, no, <laughs> nobody does that. 
<laughs> you know, not our nobody. Not not the husband. Mm-mm. No, he is a law abiding driving at the speed limit citizen. Constantly. <laughs> so um, So he sped a lot, which he, he sped a lot, but and uh, doesn't scream red flag to me, but okay. Yeah. But um Bina ended up saying that um she she had rode in the car with Ben and um she leaned over and whispered to um to Sammy, does he always drive this fast? And she was like, Oh yeah, it's it's fine. He he knows what he's doing. Interesting. Okay, so it actually sounds like it's more significant than just like a little speeding, like if the friend's like literally like, is, is this normal? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like he's maybe speeding very quickly. Yeah. And also, I feel like I got confused. So I need to clarify. Paige and Bina are two different friends, but Paige is the one that didn't want to meet him. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm following. Sorry. I'm impressed because I wasn't following the crime, crime, uh, crime daily. And honestly, I am bad with names, so I don't know how I did that. But... Seriously, I am super impressed with you. I'm usually the one with names. Don't worry. In five minutes, I will not remember. <laughs> Especially with that line. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's not even a glass. So. I know. It's actually a red solo cup, if anyone would like red to know cup how classy penny. I am. Penny. Oh, Can you, you put a penny in a penny. for me? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's, Ooh, that's good. Really fun. All right. <laughs> but yes, I have a red solo cup, so that's just how classy I am. Classy. Classy. All right. Um, so moving forward, you could see that her silly side was still there. Um, Bina said, you could slowly see Sam's face turning into she was hurting. Oh. Um, later on, they said that Ben would call her clingy. A whore, <gasps> a bitch, Ooh, that's... a slut, Mm-mm. when she hadn't been with anyone but Ben. Wow. Yeah. I would punch a dude for you if... I know, guy... right? <laughs> like, like what, what the fuck, Bina? Everyone's like, eh, well, you know, he's a jerk. Like, no. <laughs> punch him. <laughs> I did kick, I did, did kick one you of your exes. Yep. Yes, and he still has a dent in his chin. On my behalf. <laughs> and it made me laugh while I was crying, actually. So. Hey, hey, there you, know. you are. <laughs> Poor girl. Yes. So everyone was concerned about her mental health and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's like classic, like, narcissist controlling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so... Sammy would push him away, but he would always say, oh, I'm sorry, and I'll never do it again. And then she'd go back to him, and every time that she went back to him, she w- she got further away from her mom. Yep. Manipulation. Yes. Um, so Sammy ended up giving Ben a house key so that he could sneak in at night. Oh, no. And when mom confronted her, there was a big argument and Sandra kicked Sammy out. Oof. That... Which pushed her closer to Ben and his family. Yeah, I just, I mean, I get, I get 
you have a hard decision as a parent, but, and I, my kids are not teenagers yet, but that just seems, cause is she still 15 at that point? Uh, she was fifth, uh, probably like 16 or 17. Oh, just, I don't know. I, I feel like if anyone's going to like help at that point, it's the parents, but I guess she is like already drifting away from her mom, but yeah, it's just sad, but nothing against her mom. Like you have to make really hard decisions. So. Yeah, exactly. And she said that the argument was verbal and physical. So oh, okay. There so, was, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. When it gets physical, it changes everything yeah did she say like that it was sammy that was physical or she just said it got she just said it got physical Uh, i mean honestly it sounds like it was a cry for help yeah but that's retrospect like she yeah hindsight's 2020 yeah yeah exactly yeah um so she went and lived with ben and his family um Ben would push her, um, oh. like her friends would see him push her. Oh, she wow. would go to school with bruises, um, and try and cover him up. And parents didn't do anything. Nope. Oh. Not until Ben ran over her foot and it sent her to the ER. Wait, like with his car. Like, oh my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that had to that had to be on purpose seriously yeah like holy cow <laughs> so mom was still you can't live with me yet but her mom yes okay um so sandra mm. she was still you know i we're not to the point where you can come back to me yet but why don't you go live with your aunt seems like i mean a better compromise on her living with him so yes so her (laughs) aunt's name is leanne armold not arnold armold mold i would say arnold every single time i know right (laughs) (laughs) that's why she's just gonna be leanne Uh, leanne yep (laughs) um so shortly after she moved in with her aunt ben would sit in his car out front oh no Uh uh-huh Yep. And is she still going to school? Yes. But he's probably already graduated at that point, huh? Yeah. So she's not, like, having to... Okay. But dang. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. So um, this happened... They didn't specify how long, but mm-hmm. it happened a, a few times. And um, she had tried cutting off ties with him and stuff like that. But after seeing him out there, she asked if they would if she could go out and talk to him. No, no, that's exactly. when you get a restraining order. Mm-hmm. Opposite. Incorrect. Yup. Oh no. But they let her, of course. And he took off with her. No. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. She called her aunt. Uh, so Sammy called her aunt, uh, the Leanne. Which he hasn't taken her phone yet. So there's that. There is that. But. <laughs> but call 911. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put that out there. Like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So she called her aunt and said he was driving too fast and he was angry at her. And then the aunt heard him say. If you don't get get off the phone with your fucking relatives right now, I'm going to run this car right off the road, and then none of them are going to ever see either one of us again. Oh my 
gosh. Yeah. It was bad. Oh, no. Yeah. Imagine being the aunt, hearing that. Like, I mean, imagine her, but like, imagine just feeling so out of control. Like, you don't so know where helpless. they are. Like, what do you do? Other, I mean, you call 911, but. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, now I get to just sit are. here and think he's going to drive off a cliff with my niece. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Like, if anyone did that with any of my nibblings, um, by the way, if you don't know, nibblings is the gen- uh, gender neutral term for nieces and nephews. Um, I will I be using that, that because I have mostly nephews, but I do also have a nibbling. Okay. Uh, they use they, them pronouns. So you'll hear about them some. And so, yeah. And they are beautiful human beings. So. I love my nibbling. They are amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, um, so previously, um, Ben would end up uh, taking pictures and videos of compromising situations with Sammy. I don't. Do I need to know what those are? Do I have to know what those are? No, okay. not, not really. That's that's as much detail as we get. That's as much detail as I need, if exactly. even that. I don't think I needed that even. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I did, obviously, because it has context. Well, I mean, he was, he, he took them and he shared them with his friends. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. and she's still underage. Yep. Oh, no. So. Double no. Good old Sandra charged him for running over Sammy's foot in June of 2017 2017 so she would have been 17 at that point 2012 oh 17 is when she yes so she was born in 95 so 17 is when she when this happened okay so yes um so running over sammy's foot in june and sending child pornography um in july Hoping oh to gosh. have him labeled as a pedophile. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, later on, she does end up moving back in with her mom. Oh, oh, do wait. He just like brought her back. Like what? Yes. So he just brought her back and <laughs> no Kidnap, issues. Threaten her life. Bring her home. Yep. Cool. She was uh, broke up with him. Tried cutting off ties and everything like that. Moved back in with mom. Mom said. There is no contact with him. Yeah. Somehow she f- she she found herself talking to him. He kidnapped you and threatened your life and sent pornography of you to his friends. Yup. Why? Because I'm 17 and I'm in love. I also thought I was in love at 17, but I did not withstand any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Gosh. Um, so Ben was reaching out to try to get her to drop the charges. Of course he was. Um, she got, he got her to sign something saying that she didn't want to press charges. But a few days before her death, she reaches out to the DA and says she does want something done to happen to him. But she didn't know and she didn't know what she was signing when she signed that paper. Um, she doesn't want him in jail, which, why not? Because she's in love. (laughs) 
my words right back at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that just that just saying that made me like feel like I was gonna be sick. Like that, no. Mm. Yeah. No. Uh, so she doesn't want him in jail, but she does want some accountability. Um, in the note that she gave the um, the DA, she wanted restitution. Okay. Um, in the form of what? A hand slap? I know, right? <laughs> like, bad boy! Restitution is it goes to jail for a very long time. Seriously. <laughs> um, so, December 3rd of 2012... Um, Sammy went to Planned Parenthood. Oh, no. And thought she was pregnant with Ben's baby and wanted child support from him. But hadn't told him yet. Thought she was pregnant. Yes. Went to Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. because she thought she was. Um. But, like, she wasn't right? No. Oh. Spoilers. (laughs) can't breathe Uh, i know right (laughs) it's okay it's okay we'll we'll get there in just a second here okay Okay, so sorry i'm listening that was december 3rd 2012 okay um she told her friend Paige that she was back with him and yeah and Paige told her no run away she tried to okay but Sammy was Paige like, is a no, good friend. I love him. I love him. I'll never leave him. And <sighs> that was the last straw for Paige. She never spoke to Sam again. <gasps> no, Paige. This is when you kidnap her <laughs> and threaten Ben's life if she calls him. Pretty much. The end. And then December 4th, 2012, Sam told her mom she was at a sleepover at a friend's house. But, I have that in all caps. Don't tell me. <laughs> nope, I don't want to know. She was in Ben's car. No. It's a 1986 Toyota Celica. Wow. I know. Going about 115 miles per hour on Route 283 in uh, Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. How did that car go that fast? I don't know. You should ask Justin because he's got a, a later year one. So yeah. he, he, he could probably get it to go that fast eventually. Because like the car that Bronson had when we got together was like a, a 90 or something. And like he was surprised it went 95. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't. Oh my God. I mean, that's I've gone faster, but dang. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, now we know why they were concerned about the speeding, though. Yes. Like, that brings a lot more context to the fear. Yes. And it goes with the whole, if you don't get off the phone with your relatives right now, I'm going to run this car right off the road. Uh Uh-oh. Because that's exactly what he did. (gasps) He was going 115 miles an hour and went into the guardrail. Oh, no. They showed pictures of the car and pretty much the entire passenger side was missing. Like the, not, it didn't like cut the car in half. (laughs) That's literally what I think. It's (laughs) not funny, but like, it's not funny, but I, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what I pictured. Still, still terrible. Still terrible. Um, so 
that was terrible. Um, the vehicle ended up um, on its top. Oh, wow. So he was going really fast. He ran into the guardrail. It flipped. And um, Sammy was kind of half in and half out of the vehicle, um, according to a bystander who was calling 911. And they played the tape. <gasps> and you could hear her screaming. <gasps> oh, n- yeah. Oh, it's my gosh. Bad. Oh, my gosh. So, um, you hear her screaming, and the caller asked if he should move the person who was half in, half out of the vehicle. What the caller didn't say was that he saw Ben sitting on her. (gasps) Yeah. So he was, like, on her chest and her head, sitting on her. What? Why didn't he say anything? I don't know. Like, but he like said later he saw that. Yeah. So oh he gosh. said he saw that saw um, Ben sitting on Samantha's head, and asked if he should move them. But the dispatcher said not to move anyone that was injured. It's like, but in the in the nine one one call, he didn't say. He didn't say, but oh. he's sitting on her. Oh my gosh. Police arrived and saw him going in and out of consciousness while sitting on her. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like You can't was... see me, but I am mind, I... <laughs> mind blown. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the police arrived and saw him going in and out of consciousness while right. sitting on her. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure that I heard that they said that one of the police officers heard her saying stop. So she was still alive. Yeah. Like, get her off. Why get the fuck out of there? They get her, him off of her. Oh my gosh. Like as soon as someone is sitting on top of someone, you get uh, them off. Like she can't breathe. Why? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so Ben claimed to not remember how the accident happened and that it's a quote-unquote tragic accident. Oh. He said he was ejected from the car and coincidentally landed sitting on Sam's head. <laughs> I'm sorry, that... Yep. That is the stupidest and lack of physics. Exactly! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, man. Witnesses did not see any brake lights before he went to the guardrail. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, right after the crash, Ben was transported. Transported? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> he was transported in a Ford. So, like, if it were a, uh, let's see, what's another one? A Toyota. He would be trans Toyota. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how I said that straight face in the beginning. Probably because I felt so stupid for even saying it. <laughs> 
uh, Ben was transported <laughs> via ambulance to Hershey Medical Center, Hershey, I Pennsylvania. Even, I can't even take that seriously. Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's I, a place. I know I it's promise. a place, but... Where he was released two days later. Wait, he was released as in he wasn't arrested? Nope. I, I'm i sorry. Nope. Incorrect. <laughs> what? Yep. I can't. Yeah. Um, so, Ben was transported via ambulance to Hershey Medical Center. Um, Sandra, so mom, was asleep when it happened. So she was under the impression that Sammy was at a friend's house oh having a sleepover. Gosh. Imagine getting that call. Oh. Um, it gives me a headache just thinking about it. She got a text from Sam. A t- wait. Okay, wait. <laughs> she, so Sandra was asleep before when this was occurring. Okay. She got a text from Sam before it happened. Oh, before. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That was a little. There yeah. was enough of a pause. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. So she got a text. Oh so my gosh. she got a text from Sam saying, I love you, mama. <gasps> yeah heartbreaking she replied after waking up the next morning and said i love you too honey when are you coming home Mm. oh no investigators showed up the next morning and told sandra there was an accident and then told her who was driving and she said this was no tragic accident he murdered her you go mama yes um the cause of death was listed as multiple traumatic injuries slash asphyxia. No, just asphyxia. <laughs> yes. Asphyxia? Just that thing. I'm so... <laughs> I can't. I can't even word right now. I can't human. This is too much. Yeah. So the manner of death was ruled a homicide. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I, that gave me some semblance of yeah calm. It was it was pretty much evident when they looked in Ben's phone and saw her name as Dumb Bitch Heller. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Big oof. Well, so. and like kind of obvious that because he didn't stop and he sat on her and continued to sit on her. Yeah. Like I mean that seems pretty obvious as well, but okay. Next up, we have Maury Style. He said she was laying in the back seat. That was a lie. Dun, dun, dun. He said he was ejected and landed on top of her. That was a lie. It's physically impossible. Physics! It's a thing. Not that I know anything about physics, but I know (laughs) that isn't possible. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you would literally be ejected forward. <laughs> well, and he had his seatbelt on. So he was not ejected <laughs> at yeah. all. I mean, even like it's possible for you to be ejected when you have your seatbelt <sighs> on, but it would be because of a faulty seatbelt. Right. And you would still and there go would be forward. signs. Yeah. Well, I guess he hit the rail. So maybe you could get thrown to the right, but not literally in a sitting position like but there was no faulty seatbelt. The seatbelt was in pristine condition for a car accident. 
He had the bruises where the seatbelt. Okay, was. I was gonna ask how they knew he was wearing a seatbelt. So yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So. So how'd you get out of your seatbelt, doofus? Exactly. So he had to unhook the seatbelt. Climb, climb across. out of the car. No, because oh. he couldn't. He wasn't going across because she was still in. She he wouldn't have been able to get oh, there. Oh, jeez. So, so he had went to, all the way around the car. Did Just the bystander not see him go around the car? I guess not. They they must have gotten there right wasn't, after it yeah, happened. It oh man. Yeah. Um so like they they had the reenactment um on the There was a reenactment Crime Watch I don't want to see that. It was very very blurry and I'm very grateful that it was Oof, blurry. I'm sure they did that for a reason. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh my gosh. So he was charged with criminal homicide. Um he's the first driver in a fatal crash in the area to be charged with homicide rather than homicide by vehicle. Because it wasn't due to the vehicle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the there were multiple traumatic injuries, but the main cause of death, like... She, she was still alive. She, she was have, screaming. <laughs> she, she may have survived those injuries if it weren't for the fact that he sat on her. I, I don't... Un- okay. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I mean... It, I don't even understand the reason you would sit on them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that seems like a harder way to suffocate somebody, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Not that I would, but what? I don't think I've ever heard of someone just sitting on someone to suffocate them. Yeah. It's, like, insane Yeah, how crazy this was. Wow. Um, so they, they were looking into why he might have done this. So the possible motives were um, the unwanted pregnancy that he thought was there. They didn't know until after the autopsy that she wasn't pregnant. So she told him? I thought she didn't tell him. So she told him that she was pregnant. um, And she had a list that was found in his car um, of like things she wanted to talk to him about. And one of them was child support. Oh, so she did. Okay, so she did talk to him about it. Got yeah. Um, so the uh, possible motives, we have the unwanted pregnancy that he thought mm-hmm. uh, was there. Right. Um, hit, S- Sammy's mom was still pressing charges against him. Right. Yeah. Which that seemed to be a big thing for him since he was like trying to get her to sign like that. Well, yeah, got that her one to sign paper. that paper. Right. Yeah. And then at the hospital, he was seen saying to another girl, now we can be together and she won't be between us. Um, so it's, it's perceived that he was seeing someone else aside from Sammy. I'm, I just, he is a terrible person. Agreed. I, I mean, that was already obvious, but I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Um, so... When he was first charged, there were a total of 10 charges that were brought up against him from the accident alone. Oh, okay. Including drug and vehicle violations. Drug? There were drugs in the car. Oh my gosh. This guy just, he just gets 
Yep. <laughs> so much worse. Yep. Holy cow. So, you know, they they have this mountain of evidence against Ben, and they have this solid case for first-degree murder. Um, they've got, like, he's upset that he was going to be a father, or he was jealous thinking it was someone else's baby. Or he just wanted to be with the other woman. All of the above. Probably all of the above. <laughs> um, he had already threatened to kill her by driving them off the road multiple times. And they were like, he did exactly what he threatened to do so many times. Yeah. Anyway, they had a mountain of evidence against Ben. They had a solid case for first degree murder. Right. Side note. Do you know the difference between the levels of murder charges? Mm, so... First first degree means there was intent or for, like, planning beforehand. Uh, uh, Yes. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Um, Confirmed. And then, yeah, second degree is just, like, in the moment. And then manslaughter is, like, when you don't mean to kill them or you're, like, not the main person or... Yeah, so first degree is capital murder. It's carried out deliberately, usually premeditated. Premeditated, that was the word I... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know murder, apparently. So, like like Burns, Mm -hmm. like you've got a first degree, second degree, third degree. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite. First degree is the the worst. Right. So... um, Wait, there's a third degree murder? I don't think I've ever heard of third degree murder. I'll get to that. Okay. Yes. So second degree is killing without premeditation. It may not be planned, but it is intentional. So they know they were going to murder the person or wanted to murder the person or disliked the person, but they didn't like plan it out. They just kind of killed the person. Yes. They meant to murder him. Okay. So third degree murder, also known as voluntary manslaughter. Uh, it's an aggravated a- attack on someone intending to injure the person fatally or killing someone in the heat of the moment, not involved in another felony. Hmm. Okay. The most common form is a crime of passion. Um, it's also called imperfect self-defense. Uh, in these pa- cases, the person who killed another did so in self-defense, but out of irrational fear. Hmm. So, like, maybe the the first thing that comes to my head is, like, a, a veteran who is suffering from PTSD. Oh, PTSD. And something triggers them, and they end up killing someone. But I feel like that would be, like, an insanity plea type kind thing. Kind of, yeah. Because, like, it, more they likely. weren't in their right mind yeah. in that case. But I, I get where you're going yeah. with that. Like, exactly. someone that has some sort of, Yeah. Irrational motive. Yeah. Um, or like maybe so, they think they're like thinking they're going to murder him, but they're just paranoid and the exactly. person is. Yeah. Um, so third degree murder, only three states use it. I was going to say, I don't think I've like ever heard of that. Pennsylvania, Florida, and Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota. Yeah, I almost <laughs> said that too. <laughs> In Florida, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Then there's involuntary manslaughter. Not necessarily intending to fatally injure someone, 
but doing so nonetheless through negligence or recklessness. The most Mm. common form is a DUI. Yeah. I could see that. Um, So, prosecutors Mm. had (laughs) a solid case against Ben for first-degree murder, but it would have to go to trial, putting the family through reliving what happened. And it was really fresh still. Yeah. I still just feel like it's worth putting them away forever and ever. Agreed. (laughs) But... Prosecutors were able to get Ben to accept a plea deal of third-degree murder. Mm. So it happened in Pennsylvania, so it's one of the three states. Um, He pled guilty for sending the photos of his underage girlfriend to friends as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, so at sentencing, he said, I accept full responsibility for the loss of a very special person. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm like... B.S. Ew. I hate freaking narcissistic people and how fake they can get. Yep. When they are just so messed up like that. Exactly. Um, so the Lancaster County judge um, pre- presiding over the trial mm-hmm. or the sentencing. Uh, so Judge Margaret Miller said, Today is the first day I've seen any degree of humanity or emotion in you. There's no doubt in my mind you lived your life with callousness, arrogance, and a cowardliness because being a bully is coward. I love this person. You treated her like an object, and when that object became an inconvenience, the object was removed from your path. I want to know this person. I know, right? Like, that is such a powerful statement. Oh my gosh, just no... No shits given, just... Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Not that he cared. Seriously. Because he's a narcissist, but still, very moving. Yeah. Um, So, he was sentenced to 28 to 56 years in prison. Uh, 23 to 46 of those years were for third-degree murder and homicide, homicide by vehicle. Another three to six years were added for sending the sexually explicit phone photos um, with a minor. That's all he got for that? Apparently. Wow. And an additional two to four years were added for a $30 drug deal involving an undercover officer in August of 2012. Wait. A $30 drug deal? Yep. Oh, that's according to Lancaster online. And was he buying or selling? Because he had drugs on him. I know they didn't specify that. I'm just I mean, if you're buying $30 worth of drugs, like what do you even get? for? I I mean, not that I've ever bought drugs, but they've got to be more expensive than that. Most likely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously. Okay, sorry. That was just (laughs) so much more ridiculous than I expected to hear. Yeah. So, um, in 2017, mm-hmm. Ben filed an appeal to have the sentence overturned. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Um, he pled guilty. <laughs> ex- he, he said... It was um, coerced, right? That's what he said? No. Oh. So, he said that um, the defense team that was... Um, defending him? <laughs> I believe that's what they do, yes. 
that. It's so late for me. <laughs> anyway, so um, the defense attorney that was the, uh, defending him, um, he, he was claiming that he didn't get, um, like it wasn't explained properly to him what he was pleading guilty to. That makes no sense. Exactly. Um, anyway, so he ended up contacting True Crime Daily. Wait, he's the one that contacted them? He contacted them, yeah. Uh, to make his side of the story known. Classic narcissist. Yep. He said, I fully take responsibility for the passing of Samantha Heller. I believe I'm at fault for not driving in a safe manner. Literally what you got accused for, but okay. And sentenced for. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're also, again, admitting fault, but... Yes. Sure. Um, then, you know, he said, those stories of abuse, that's exactly what they were. Stories. They weren't, as you can see in the pictures, uh, she was not afraid of me, is what he said. As so, you can see in the pictures... So pictures that were flown, uh, were put throughout the uh the youtube video like pictures of them together and yeah. stuff yeah so like they're happy go lucky pictures and all that oh well, yeah that's classic abusive relationship uh-huh <laughs> like as you can see in the pictures i feel like they always say that yeah she was so happy what are you talking about yeah ew mm-hmm. there's a picture of them she doesn't look happy yeah he doesn't even look happy he doesn't look happy in any of she, his pictures. She looks like she's posing. Exactly. That's the happy, like, when the photographer at the school tells you to smile. Yes. That's except not... you're, Except if you're in my family, in which case we do weird smiles. You know what I mean. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the I'm smiling because I should. Cheese. Yeah, like, she, in all of the pictures, she looks like... Okay, not all of the pictures, but all of the pictures where she's on her own, she looks happy. Right. She looks like she's enjoying life. Well, and they said that she still... She still had her silly like, side. Hide her, but she just... Like, her friend could see the sadness. And I've, I've seen that before where, like, they're smiling and laughing. I mean, you see it in a lot of comedians, too, because they're actually, like, depressed as hell. Like, yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah, but they make they're laughing and being outgoing because they're trying to push through it or make other people happy yeah exactly and that's i mean that's exactly what i see in that picture she's just trying to show that happiness outward but it's not exactly there. yeah um later on he mm -hmm. said he never said the whole if you don't get off your phone i'll run this i'll drive the car off the cliff off the road or whatnot I guess it's technically hearsay. Yeah. But I don't believe him. But if it was, it was a hell of a coincidence that that's how she ended up dying. Yeah. Um, he said that he had a concussion due to the car crash and has no memory of the hours before and the days after the crash. So with that... He doesn't know why she was in his car. What? He had a concussion. Oh, I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, he 
literally he just forgot the whole drive essentially much. wow that's very convenient yeah wow. my thoughts exactly um so there was the list of things that uh she wanted to discuss with him that was found in the car mm-hmm. one of the bullet points was child support and he said he he's a very family oriented man and he wouldn't mind paying child support too um, he said that seeing another woman and saying, now we can be together and she won't be between us. It doesn't sound like my character. Um, Who said they heard it? It was someone at the hospital, just, just some a random, random person. Yeah. Why would they lie about it? Exactly. They don't know who he is or what the story is. Like, exactly. Oh my gosh. Like. Doesn't sound like my character. Seriously. I'm sorry. Wow. I, this is just on, on another level. Yeah, and then, you know, why is he pleading guilty to third-degree murder if he doesn't remember the crash at all? Also true, yeah. So he said, I didn't realize that third-degree was that there was intent and malice. I was guilty of causing the death of Samantha from a car accident, but not in a malicious way that is murder. He's saying the defense didn't explain it properly to and him. And that he should have gotten manslaughter? Involuntary manslaughter. I mean, still, though. Yeah. So is that what he's trying to get, then? Yeah. Um, Because it's got a much lesser lesser sentence. sentence. So, the defense team that he has had for the appeal Mm -hmm. um, was a different team than who had defended him previously. Right, because he's claiming that they were negligent or whatever. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so this defense team claimed it was a faulty guardrail that killed Samantha, not Ben. Ha, 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 ha. They even got an engineer to come in and say it. But, but, but how? Like, what? If it were faulty, they would have gone through it or some crap. See, in my thought, I'm like, bull fucking shit. Well, that too. Like, a guardrail? Wouldn't have suffocated her. Didn't suffocate her. Can we... Did not. (laughs) Could not have suffocated her. Was not the cause of her death. (laughs) Seriously. Wow, wow, wow. The DA, um, Craig Stedman, the DA of Lancaster County, said that it was offensive to him to have that as a quote-unquote defense. I'm sorry, he's offended? Yes, he is offended that he, they think that he would be so stupid as to believe that a guardrail. Oh, wait. Or I... that, he, that a jury would be believe that a guardrail um, killed her rather than the DA being able to prove that it was Ben. So, wait. I think I misunderstood who's offended. Because <laughs> <laughs> the... I thought... Ben was saying he was offended. No, the DA. Okay. <laughs> That's why I was like, he's offended. <laughs> okay, yes. And I agree. Like, if I were the DA, I'd be like, I'm sorry. You think I'm going to believe that? Why? <laughs> yeah. Like. So, um, Ben actually said that he was appealing to relieve her family of, of the image of how she was killed. It's a smear on her legacy, he said. I have literally nothing to say. (laughs) Yeah, like, 
this isn't laughter of like it's okay it's funny no like how this is laughter of incredulousness of literally incredulity I can't even, incre- mm, yeah that, <laughs> that one was laughter at myself <laughs> can't confirm <laughs> okay um so the da said i'm really kind of okay with a do-over because a do-over doesn't get him a less sentence it gets him back to square one you have a trial and he faces life in prison so i'd put this in the category of be careful what you wish for oh my gosh i didn't even think about that Mm -hmm. that actually makes me happy that he did it although i'm really sorry for the family having to go through it again if it means that they get a higher conviction i feel like kind of softens like a higher sense that sentence more sentencing softens the blow maybe yeah. a little bit um and then uh leanne so sammy's aunt mm-hmm. um they uh interviewed her again at the end of the show and she said he wants to fight us on this we'll fight right back he's not fighting broken people anymore we're strong now so bring it on Okay, how do I meet this woman? I know, right? Oh my gosh. And that's the ep- end of the episode. But. Okay, I was like, what? <laughs> the most recent update I could find was from November of 2017. It was an article and said, the main headline said, a man who pleaded guilty to cl- killing girlfriend after uh Rafo? Rafo? Something township crash cannot take back plea, judge rules. So he can't take back the plea, therefore there's no appeal. Oh, darn. <laughs> okay, well, I'll take it. Darn for... Darn for that he can't get a higher exactly. sentence is all I, all I meant for darn, but darn. Yeah, but uh, definitely darn that, uh, like, hooray that the family doesn't have to go through it again. Even though it sounds like little Miss Leanne. Sassy Leanne was ready to oh, rumble. Yeah. Like, bring it on. She's like, let me at him. <laughs> <laughs> Which, fair, like, me too. Yeah, like, the mom was like, I I don't want to do it, but if but I will, if I have to, I will. Mm. So, yeah, it was, it was crazy white the t- twist and turn and i took like an hour explaining that and it was like half an hour of a show <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i mean if you see my notes you'll understand i feel like that's just how it works gotcha <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm going to preface this for you and for our listeners hello mom <laughs> um this is a long one all right. It has a lot of history, so that's a, that's a large portion of it. Okay. Um, pretty much all of my history came from Wikipedia. All right. I, I know a lot of people in our generation are uncertain about Wikipedia, but it yeah. pretty much all the information seemed to check out, so I just used it. Um, yeah. If I got anything wrong, sorry to whoever cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to that 1% of 1%. Yes. <laughs> Um, the only other source that I had is I did watch a Ghost Hunters episode, 
And then I watched a docu movie. It wasn't really a documentary, but it didn't really. It wasn't like a. It was. It was live. It was real, so it's not a uh, movie. Okay. Um. Essentially, a, another investigation, but it was like an hour and a half long, for three days, like a whole. Uh, thing. Okay. It'll. I'll go into more detail at the time. So this is the story of the RMS Queen Mary ship in Ooh. California. All right. So I've heard of this, but <laughs> briefly. It's, it's like the most haunted ship, essentially, right. that like, people have access to. They That's have like awesome. hotel and uh, haunted tours. We should and, stay there. Um, that is the goal. I think they just reopened it i'm not certain certain but it looked like there were reviews from people in the last month so i'm going to look into it so manifesting manifesting we make this into a career Mm -hmm. and then we stay family road trip there that'd be really really fun i'm hoping to stay there before then (laughs) (laughs) just even if it's just personal um we actually were supposed to go there for our anniversary oh and then everything was closed. Oh fuck! So yeah, so but yeah, that and that's how I found out they were, and they were legit close. Like it wasn't just for COVID, although most things were closed for COVID. Um, I'll go over that tiny, very briefly in this as well. Anyway, okay. okay so the Queen Mary is a retired British ocean liner. The Ooh. RMS at the beginning stands for Royal Mail Ship. Oh, which that actually I di- I may have just missed it, but I didn't see that on Wikipedia. Um, actually, watching that docu movie thing, um, the director that gave them kind of the tour mentioned it, and he said that like that was actually one of their main functions oh. when it was built, and like really nobody knows because it just wasn't really talked about and because a lot of things happened with the ship that weren't planned so um the ship sailed primarily on the north atlantic ocean from 1936 to 1967 um it was not bad yeah 31 years yeah good run um it was part of the cunard white star line um okay and it was built by john brown and company in Clydebank, Scotland. <gasps> I love a good Scott. Right? So it's like, this story actually is in a few different places. But yes, it was built in Scotland. Alrighty. Um, and I will go over a little bit about the construction. Um, but another another couple interesting things. So um, with the outbreak of World War II, she was converted into a troop ship and ferried Allied soldiers during the conflict. Hmm. After several years of decreased profits for the Cunard line, Queen Mary was officially retired from service in 1967. She left Southampton for the last time on, get this, October 31st, (gasps) 1967. Oh my god. If that ain't like... The most foreshadowing, like... Seriously. Like, oh my god. And, and she was like, just wait. I'm haunted AF. <laughs> <laughs> and sailed to the port of Long Beach, California, where she remains permanently moored. Um, and then this is what I was talking about. So faced with a series of bankruptcies, the leaseholders um, and failed developments, the city of Long Beach took control of the ship 
and vowed to affect needed repairs. Oh, so past COVID, okay. once everything opened, it remained shut down because the uh, city of Long Beach had gone through multiple meetings of like what they were going to do with it. Makes because, sense. And I saw, I like looked at an article and I'm not going to um, cite it because not only do I not remember the link, but I didn't really quote anything from it. But essentially there were uh, different expenses and it was almost more expensive to fix the ship than it was to essentially pull it apart and sink it for artificial reef. Oh, Oh yeah. No. And I guess a lot of the people like, were like, no, like it's part of our community. It's been here since the sixties. It's a very prolific hotel and museum and, you could make money off of it. Like and money. Like, <laughs> but, bucks, baby. Yeah, but I'm Lots they're talking like there. two hundred and two hundred Yeah. Something like a lot of cash. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm not quoting it because I don't remember. <laughs> um look like I mentioned, it does look like it's starting to open for hotel, so Okay. Um, but it's actually like like, they have to do repairs. Like, it's in yeah. the next couple years, it's going to be very unsafe if they don't repair it. Makes sense. Um, because I guess the people that were leasing it actually broke contract and were not repairing it like <gasps> they were supposed to. How dare they? And again, I, this is all just from an article, so I don't know how much. I don't yeah. know, like... But anyway, so on to a little bit about the construction and when it was being constructed. So uh, construction on the ship... Um, which when it started as the construction, it was known as hole number 534 began December, 1930. All right. Um, work was actually halted a year later in December, 1931 due to the great depression. Yes, we know it well. Yep. And Cunard applied to the British government for a loan to complete 534. One condition of the loan, which this was very interesting to me. Okay. Uh, Let's was hear that Cunard? Uh, Cunard had to merge. Sorry, I missed a word, so I confused myself. <laughs> uh, the condition was that Cunard had to merge with the White Star Line. Okay. Um, which was actually another struggling, struggling mm-hmm, British shipping company. <laughs> another struggling. <laughs> yeah, another struggling British shipping company, which was actually Cunard's chief British rival at the time. <gasps> Oh, yeah. So and they had already uh, been forced by the depression to cancel construction of its oceanic, which you might actually recognize that. Oh. It's also another popular ship. Yeah. Um, uh, Queen Mary. So they, they agreed and Queen Mary resumed immediately and was launched on September 26, 1934. Nice. So that uh, if. You know, you don't do math like me. I actually did a bullet. <laughs> Completion ultimately took three and a half years and cost 3.5 million pounds. <gasps> In the Great Depression. Uh-huh. Then Holy. equal to $17.5 million. Back then? Back then, which is oh, equivalent, fuck. I did the research, to 338,500 oh wow yep just try that again <laughs> 3 338 million 550,995 in 2020 so as of last year wow yeah so that's a lot lots of money that's like 335 million times what i have uh, yep. <laughs> 
accurate. Can, can confirm on my end as well. Um, so, I mean, really. I mean, I, ha- I do have more than one dollar. Yeah. Let's be fair. I mean, and just I have looking two. at <laughs> looking at the equivalent of like inflation, like so it was sev- uh, equivalent to our seventeen point five million at the time. Yeah, and it was, I mean, over a quarter of a billion. Yeah, because it was three hundred thirty-eight million. Like that's that's over a third of a million. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was just crazy. Um. Prior to the ship's launch, so this is a very fun fact. I had to include a fun fact. I actually okay. had to do a little bit of research. Um, still on Wikipedia, but uh, prior to the ship's launch, the River Clyde had to be specifically deepened to cope with the size of the ship. So Ooh. they literally deepened a river, an entire river, so that the ship could go through it. Say what? So like, I looked up the river. Huh? Yeah. I looked up the river because I was like, I gotta know, like... Yeah, like, what's going on here? Yeah. So River Clyde is a river that flows into the Firth of Clyde in Scotland. What's a Firth? Um, <laughs> I don't know. That I did not continue to research. I was really trying not to get too, <laughs> too in-depth Makes about sense. a river. All right, um, continue. <laughs> It we'll is... we'll Google Firth later. Yes. Hence Firth. Yes. <laughs> hence hence, hence Firth and Firth. Hence Firth and Furthermore. furthermore. <laughs> yes. All of all of the above. Um and then another cool thing is it is the ninth longest river in the United Kingdom and the third longest in Scotland. Wow. And they literally deepened, deepened it. Deepened the third longest river in Scotland for that this ship. That is crazy. I mean, on top of how much it already costs. Like, imagine how much it costs to deepen the river. Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. All right. This is a little bit about on the Queen Mary. So, among facilities available on board Queen Mary, the liner featured two indoor swimming pools. What? <laughs> yeah. Did they have any outdoor? No. <gasps> I don't think that was a thing back then. But I don't think swimming pools on a ship were very common either. I think there was, I think there was one on the Titanic, if I remember correctly. But don't call I don't me know. on that. Leo I don't DiCaprio, know. are you there? Yeah, you're probably not. <laughs> no, he's at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> or claiming his love to Juliet. So either way, he ain't, that. he ain't listening. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> so two swimming pools, beauty salons libraries and children's nurseries for all three classes because there was a whole class thing back yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, I'd work in any of those nurseries. Yeah, but that's crazy. Seriously. Like, oh my gosh. Um a music studio, which I'm really yes. curious what that means back then. Um is that like just where they listen to music or is that where they play music is it like a music a... studio like studio seems like like a recording studio right seems like it to but me but back then have... i don't think that yeah. they would have portable recording studio stuff yeah, like, like I this like stuff a bit ex- yeah a bit more than what they had back then um so a music studio and lecture hall all right so this was one that blew my mind because I apparently know nothing about back then. 
<laughs> they had telephone connectivity to anywhere in the world. Ooh. Like what? I did I didn't realize. This was in what year? The thirties. It was in thirty thirty four? Oh my gosh. It ended in sixty seven. Let's see, when did it finish? I'm pretty sure you said that it was launched in thirty four. Yeah. September twenty sixth, nineteen thirty four was when it launched. That is And they started it in thirty. Insane. I didn't I didn't realize I had phones in the thirties. Well, yes, they definitely had phones in the 30s because... But like I, telephones. Yeah. I, I remember um, Thoroughly Modern Millie is set in the 20s, and mm. they had cell, had phones then. I haven't seen that. I don't think I've really seen much that was like set in that time period. Yeah. Like in well, the 20s a little bit, but I feel like... Well, I guess that, yeah, they had the little like hold to your ear and hold to your mouth yeah. phones, but I didn't... Yeah, like being like able how... to do that on a ship? That's insane. I'm curious how they did that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't go further into detail, so I'm not entirely sure how yeah. they accomplished it. But yeah, it says anywhere in the world. Yeah. So I, I do also want to state that uh, I mainly know, like, yeah, Julie Andrews was amazing in Thoroughly Modern <laughs> Millie. I love Julie Andrews. Yes, she's amazing. Yes. But I am a proud supporter of my little sister. Mm-hmm who was Muzzy in Thoroughly Modern Millie her senior year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That's so funny. shout out to you, Marissa. Yes. Sorry, Marissa. Absolutely, Absolutely <laughs> shout out to you, Marissa. Um, outdoor paddle tennis courts. Mm. So that was outdoor. Yeah. Which uh, I have to say my ADHD mind. Oh, by the way, everyone, I uh, semi-diagnosed ADHD. We're working on it. Um, <laughs> the minute I read that, I literally could only imagine the balls flying off the side of the ship. <laughs> and how, like, how many balls would you have to have on hand? It's like... And heaven forbid anyone have any pets aboard. Well, and it's like, yeah. And it's like, imagine like, like when you go mini golfing and the thing goes in the water, or even regular golfing and it goes in the water, you're like, well, that one's gone. I've never been regular golfing. Well, I, I mean, only have many as a reference here. I personally <laughs> have not gone golfing, but I just, well, I mean, I've done that, like, uh, what's that place called? Uh, where you just hit it. Um, like a driving range? Top golf. Yeah. Top oh. golf where there's the different levels and you can get wasted and hit balls. It's like really, really fun. We're going we to go. Yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> um, I love how that's where our minds went very first we need to go all righty then all right a uh, tangent yes um oh yeah so they had the paddle tennis courts and we're hitting balls off the ship and get this dog kennels so yeah yeah, yeah they had pets on but the they board. had them in the kennel so they wouldn't chase the balls on the ship <laughs> that were flying that off makes the, sense. the ship yes that's it <laughs> <laughs> um so the largest room on board was the cabin class, which is first class main dining room, which okay. they called the Grand Salon. <gasps> um, this blew my mind. Like, I can't even imagine. It's spanned three stories in height <gasps> and was anchored by wide columns. And this was another thing that blew my mind because I also did not know this was a, a thing back then. The ship had many air-conditioned public rooms on board. Huh. I just... Fancy that. I assume they used bands. Yeah. Uh, The cabin class swimming pool facility spanned over two decks in height. This was the first ocean liner 
to be, oh, and this is separate from the, sorry, from the swimming pools, but this was also a very fun fact. This was the first ocean liner to be equipped with her own Jewish prayer room. Um, it was part of a policy to show the British shipping lines avoided the uh, words antisemitism. Antisemitism? Yep, that word. I know what it means. I just don't know how to say it. <laughs> um, evident in Nazi Germany. So they were essentially trying to show that they didn't support the Nazis. And so they created a Jewish prayer room, which is really... That's awesome. Really forward thinking of them. I think that's really awesome. Yes. Very inclusive. I yes, love it. I love it. We love inclusive... Inclusi Inclusivity? <laughs> Inclusiveness? You guys can't see me, but my, <laughs> my brain just broke. Obviously. Her brain just broke. My brain breaked. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> inclusivity is it right yeah okay all right uh the cabin class meaning okay so i need to throw this out there again the cabin class is first class yes so okay the cabin class main dining room featured a large map of the transatlantic crossing okay here's where it gets really cool so it had twin tracks symbolizing the winter and spring route so it was further south to avoid icebergs uh-huh because we didn't want a titanic situation again and the, <laughs> i actually don't know if that was before or after this i feel like it was i feel like it was um before titanic sinking but still avoiding icebergs seems to be a very common common knowledge apparently not to titanic but sinking of the rms titanic april 15th 1912 1912 okay so yeah i mean like 20... wait they were an rms too so they were also a, a royal, royal mail ship. ship wow I actually didn't know that about the Titanic. You yeah, learned, neither did I. You learn new things. New things every day. Wow, that's cool. it was cool. six days before my birthday. Of course, my birthday was, you know, 80 years later. But... You were negative 80. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Okay, so yeah, back, back to this actually really awesome map. Okay, so they had twin tracks symbolizing the winter and spring route, so further south to avoid the icebergs, and then the summer-autumn route uh, during each crossing. This is crazy. During each crossing, a motorized model of Queen Mary would indicate the vessel's progress en route on the map. What? So it would actually show the passengers where within their travels they were at. That's crazy. This ship, like, it's like they so were... So ahead of their time. It's like they were building the Star... What's the Star the Trek? The Starship Enterprise. Starship Enterprise. I, to, I am definitely a Trekkie. I need well, to improve my nerdisms. Sorry yes, yes, you do. You need to keep up with me. Gosh. <sighs> you know, I used to be, and then I had kids, and everything turned yeah. into Bluey, and <laughs> now I could, quite, I could quote a Bluey every day. <laughs> All right. It's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. That oh, too. damn it. Oh, Penny. Penny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... In late August of 1939, Queen Mary was on a return run from New York to Southampton. The international uh, situation, meaning the war, uh, led to her being escorted to by a battle cruiser mm -hmm. um, back to New York um, on September 1st. Okay. Um, by the time she arrived, the war had been declared. And she was ordered to remain in port alongside another ship until further notice. Um, in March of 1940, uh, the two ships were joined by um, the new ship that was part of the same fleet as Queen Mary, Queen Elizabeth. Okay. 
the three largest liners in the world sat idle. So all these three are the largest in the world. Um, they sat there for some time until the Allied commanders decided that all three ships could be used as troop ships. All right. Um, Normandy, the one was the ship that had been in the same port with Queen Mary before the third ship arrived. Gotcha. So it was called the Normandy. Um, and that one was actually destroyed by fire during her troop ship conversion. Oh, no. So it ended up just being the other two ships. All right. So Queen Mary left New York for Sydney, Australia, where she, along with several other liners, were converted into a troop ship to carry Australian and New Zealand soldiers to the United Kingdom. Okay. In the Second World War conversion, the ship's hull, uh, superstructure, which I didn't know that was a thing, and funnels were painted navy gray okay. as a result, which this is fun, of her new color. And in combination with her great speed, she became known as the Grey Ghost, <gasps> which Ooh. that's really cool and foreshadowing again. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Um, a total of six miles of carpet, 220 cases of china, crystal and silver services, tapestries, ta- tapestries. <laughs> Well, I almost said tapestries, and I knew that was not how you say it, so it's tapestries. And then it says paintings, and I feel like tapestries are paintings, but... Tapestries are more like... Um, like drawings? Not, no. Paintings are more drawings than tapestries are. Oh, tapestries are just kind of like abstract art? Tapestries are like on, like, cloth. Oh, cool. Tapestries and paintings um, were removed and stored in warehouses for the duration of the war. Whoa. Yeah. So. That's a lot of stuff. Six miles of carpet was the first part. Six miles. What? (laughs) Just, just got to put that out there again. Six miles. Miles. That's like 10 kilometers for those of you elsewhere which is what well, whoops that was me squeezing my red solo cup i apologize <laughs> which is something i do not know because i do not know this information oh, i'm i'm just estimating i here. lied it's in my notes and i just didn't read it you're welcome was it 10 <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> but why i didn't read it and then continued to say i don't know <laughs> but the fact that i was right no, you were on point that was really awesome I was just going, seen it in the pants. Yeah. Plus, also, what was crazy in there was the 220 cases of china, which that's yeah. like a lot of freaking china and crystal and silver. And I, I probably would have broken a ton and ten of those cases. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. Or maybe that's what happened. Only 220 of them made it to storage. The other 110. Nobody talks know. about the other 110. <laughs> those people were fired. <laughs> Sorry, that was. They were thrown overboard (laughs) with the balls. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. The woodwork in the staterooms, the cabin class dining room, and the other public areas were covered with leather, which that. I mean, I guess back then they didn't have like foam or like probably didn't have. Like for soundproofing? No, I think it was just to protect the ship. 
okay i don't it doesn't go into more depth but i was like leather like that's a lot of leather <laughs> yeah i don't know it was that was really weird i almost didn't put it in there because i was like i do not understand this <laughs> all right so it often carried as many as fifteen thousand men in a single voyage whoa yes um on october How people to a room well i don't think they were always in rooms because I saw some that pictures. That sucks. Yeah, but they were, I mean, they were soldiers, so. But still. Oh, no, it sucks. I, but I, based on, like, some of the things I heard, like, in the shows and stuff, um, I don't think they were always in rooms. Like, sometimes they had bunks and stuff, but they weren't always in, in actual rooms. Because I don't think there were even that many rooms. That's just crazy. Yeah. Could have a ton of them in that grand. Right. <laughs> Ballroom, I mean, it's got leather, whatever. so it might be comfortable. Yeah, maybe. Um, on not o- carpet anymore, though. Yeah, because that that ten kilometers is gone. It's gone. <laughs> um, on October second, nineteen forty-two, Queen Mary accidentally. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't think I was at this bullet yet. Oh, this is really sad. Accidentally sank one of her escort ships. <gasps> I was like reading this, and I couldn't keep reading. I reread it like five times. Um, slicing through the light cruiser, um, off the Irish coast with a loss of 239 lives. Oh no. I can't even imagine. Um, Queen How Mary- would you feel being that person who shot that f- shot or how- however it-, it destroyed the, it literally just went through it. It just sliced straight through it. Oh, that's worse. Yeah. It just didn't stop. It's like, um, hello, Captain. <laughs> hello? Oh, captain, my Captain. Hello? <laughs> you are failing at Anybody your job. Anybody there? <laughs> okay. Um, so this explains a little bit as to why. It's still, like, a terrible situation and, like, you know, it's... Yes. But this is a little bit of why. So Queen Mary was carrying thousands of Americans of the 29th Infantry Division to join the Allied forces in Europe. Okay. Due to the risk of U-boat attacks, um, Queen Mary was under orders to not stop under any circumstances and oh. steamed onward with a fractured stem. Okay. Even after. So even after it went through the ship, it just had to keep going because they were told not to stop. Wow. Yeah. From December 8th through the 14th of 1942, Queen Mary carried 10,389 soldiers and 950 crew, so a total of 11,339. During this trip, while 700 miles, so that's 1,100 kilometers, because Mm -hmm. I actually do have that in my notes. (laughs) Right next to it. (laughs) Just like before. (laughs) Um, From Scotland, during a gale, she was suddenly hit broadside by a rogue wave that might have reached a height of 28 meters, which is 92 feet. Whoa! Yeah. It was later calculated that the ship rolled 52 degrees and would have capsized if she had rolled another three degrees. Whoa! Yeah. That's crazy. And in the in the Wikipedia, I guess they, like, interviewed someone that was on the ship. And he literally, like... I don't think he even swore in the quote, but I literally just imagined him being like, we literally almost went over. It was so fucking crazy. Like, he was like, it was literally like, <laughs> like very semen, like, oh my gosh, we were literally going to go off board. Like, <laughs> got to so curse funny. like a sailor. Oh, you gotta. Um, 
And yeah, that's the end of that. But I thought that was like crazy. Seriously. Gosh. <sighs> yeah. And they had wow. over 11,000 people on board, yeah. including the crew. Um, from July 25th through the 30th of 1943, Queen Mary carried 15,740 soldiers and 943 crew, so a total of 16,683, a standing record for the most passengers ever transported on one vessel. Wow. Yeah. Until the Avengers come, that is. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, that aircraft carrier. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's enormous. Um, this was kind of cool, too. During the war, Queen Mary carried British Prime Minister Winston Churchill across the Atlantic for meetings with fellow Allied Forces officials on several occasions. He okay. was listed on the passenger manifest as Colonel Warden. <laughs> We're almost done with the history. All right. Um, from September 1946 to July 1947... Queen Mary was refitted for passenger service, adding air conditioning upgrades and updating the cabins. They went a little bit more in depth, but essentially like they updated the first class cabins and then the third class, they kind of combined some of them because they were like really tiny. Okay. Um, so made them more livable. Yeah. Because they, they even said in, on the wiki, like they were like really cramped and because it was third class, right? But in the 40s, that wasn't as much a thing anymore. All right. Um, on January 1st, 1949, Queen Mary ran aground off Cherbourg, France. Oh, no. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's where they were. Cherbourg? Cherbourg. It was like, it's, so it's Cher, C-H-E-R, and then Borg, B-O-U-R-G. Cherbourg. Yeah, Cherbourg. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times you say it, it's still probably wrong. <laughs> um, she was refloated the next day and returned to service. So she really, like, wasn't that damaged. I mean, it's a yeah. really big ship, but I thought it was crazy that it went, <laughs> went aground. Like, yeah, like, that... Just couldn't stop or something, I don't seriously, know. Seriously, like, man. <laughs> right? Um, and then in 1958, the first transatlantic flight by a jet aircraft began a completely new era of competition for the Cunard Queens. So right. the Queen Mary and the Queen Elizabeth. Okay. With a London to New York travel time of just seven to eight hours now possible with the new aircraft, demand for a sea crossing of the ocean fell away markedly. Yeah. So due to a combination of age, lack of public interest, inefficiency in a new market, and the damaging after effects of the National Seamen's Strike... Um, which I did not research, but I'm assuming it was a strike. Cunard uh, <laughs> seamen. Yeah, Cunard <laughs> um, announced that both Queen Mary and Queen Elizabeth would be retired from service and sold off. Many offers were submitted, and the bid of $3.45 million, um, which is 1.2 million pounds, from Long Beach, California, surpassed the Japanese scrap merchants. So it was almost scrapped by the Japanese. Which, Holy. Wow. Wow. All right. That's it for the history. Now we get into the fun part. Ooh. So the first thing I watched was Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters. Right. And honestly, these guys were legit my favorite when I was younger. All right. I loved these guys. Do you um, have cable? I don't know. I feel like I had cable, but I don't know. We had, 
At one point we had cable. Okay. And that's when I would watch it. I would literally go into my basement and watch it like all night long because I didn't okay. want to sleep. Because, yeah, I, I hadn't even heard of this until listening hey, to Aaron Christine. Yeah, it was like a thing like when we were in like junior high. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Hunters, it was season two. I honestly don't remember the episode. I think it was 10. I, I, okay. It was really late last night when I watched this. It's all good. For me, it's really late tonight. <laughs> so, um, we're going to be lucky if I actually make it through this. <laughs> it's, it's not much longer. Like this part will go I'll fast because I'm just kind of telling you what's happening in the show. So it's not as like detailed. So the... Uh, second swimming pool was taken out and turned into a royal theater once it was docked. Okay. Um, I don't know at what point that happened, but this is kind of a little bit of info that the director uh, was talking about. Okay. Um, in that space, there is a little girl scene and the tour guide who took taps, which is what their name is as far as their actual paranormal investigation name is taps, T-A-P-S. Okay. Uh, through had seen her. Uh, herself, which uh, this was one of the tour guides. Okay. Um, the first class swimming pool, the little girl is also seen there. People hear giggling and see her peeking out around the pillars, which that is just... Anything with kids is creepy, but then you have like the peeking yeah. and like the... The giggling. Giggling just like makes me think of like the shining. Yeah. Like, ugh. Absolutely not. If you can't see them, like if you know that there should be kids there, then, you know, it's like, what trouble are you getting into? Like, yeah, like, I guess context wise, but like even, yeah, even like, but if you, if you don't recognize the giggling, that's or, or yeah, creepier. Like, yeah. Like disembodied giggling or even, yeah. Anyway. Um, in the aisle between the dressing boxes and showers, there's like a little dressing area. Okay. Um, there is, they believe, a vortex. Okay. Um, and this was like a long time ago, so... In a galaxy far, far away? Yes. <laughs> I almost say. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the stuff that they told TAPS um, wasn't as much prevalent when they were taking the other people through. Okay. Um, but that just might have been different, um, like, recording types, too, and, like, the editing. Yeah. Um, so a vortex, for anybody that isn't quite as aware, it's an opening between our world and the other side, allowing entities to cross through to our side. They said on the show good entities, but demons and stuff. Do we really know that? It, yeah, it, it really is fairly possible there can be demons and stuff as well, so... Room B340, which this one is very prevalent. Okay. Um, so that's where we should stay. <laughs> it's well, no longer available to book. Well, fuck. They closed the room because people were waking up to someone pulling the covers off of them. Which doesn't seem like that. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. It's not like people were getting hit or scratched or, you know. Or, you know, groped. Exactly. So I don't, I don't know why they closed it for that reason. Maybe just because they couldn't get people to stay, stay. But that's makes what sense. they said is that's why. Um, I mean, your reasoning makes sense. Right, right. So after that kept happening, uh, they mm -hmm. did some research, the ship's like employees, okay. and found that in 1938, a third class passenger was found dead in bed. Oh, no. Um, 
I did not fact check this as far as like the dates because I don't, I didn't want to try and like see if that really existed. I'm assuming, I'm assuming it is, but maybe not. Housekeeping will make the bed and it will be pulled apart. Oh no. Um, They made the freaking bed. Right? This poor housekeeping. Maybe that's why they decided to. That's why. Housekeeping's like, I'm not making the bed anymore. Housekeeping's (laughs) like, fuck. This. I refuse. Like either you put people in there with unmade beds or <laughs> um so this is a little bit prevalent for later. Um during the tour, since they are told this, Taps, uh specifically Grant, which is one of the owners of the company, whatever, okay. um, decides to make the bed while on the tour and they put a camera in the room to see if the bed gets disturbed. Okay. So that's during the tour. So it's there for the remainder of okay gotcha so in the aft engine room okay while they are on the tour and the tour guide leads them into the room she explains that the sound that they're hearing is actually the ghost making the machine machinery at the side of the room move and it doesn't work oh um the tour guide is very uncomfortable and they asked her what was wrong and she explained to them that she was like a sensitive like ah yeah like kind of sensitive psychic abilities um, and could feel that there was something in the room. So they later went back and found that the machinery that she said didn't work was actually a water heater and was working and was running. And she okay. just didn't know better. Um, but I will say, like, she could have been feeling something because that actually in the other show, a lot of stuff happens there. So okay, um, she could still have been feeling something, but it had nothing to do with the machinery. That quote unquote wasn't working. Wasn't working, right? <laughs> um, so once the tour ends, they do the setup of the cameras, and uh, Grant and Jay, which are the two owners, mm-hmm. uh, they do a thermal sweep, uh, which is really just they go room to room, checking the temperature, kind of getting a baseline of what the temperature normally is. Okay. Um, when they get to the aft room, that's when they found out with that thermal that it was running and that it was a water heater because it was really, really hot. And they, Uh, it's funny because literally as they're going up there and the reason they specifically went up there with the thermal is they are actually, their job job, um, is their plumbers. (laughs) They're Mario and Luigi. Yeah. I mean, really, they actually very much. It's a me, (laughs) Mario. (laughs) Um, so yeah, they like the whole way up there, they're like, it's going to be, it's going to be running. It's it's going to be hot. It's going to be running. And he after they, like, find it, he's like, yeah, I knew it had to be something like a water heater. Like, I could see the the thing below it. And, like, I could see that it was a tank. And Yeah. So they they pretty much knew, but they just didn't say anything to her. Yeah. The tour. Um, they were being kind. Yeah. But literally the whole time they're just like, afterwards they're just like, it's it's running it's (laughs) it's gonna be hot and it's running that is what it is no doubt yeah so they actually brought so steve is their like tech guy that he also is an investigator but he's the one that always works with the tech okay um so setting stuff up and gotcha um but they also brought donna which is their manager she like sets up the appointments and and investigations and then they brought a new guy um named tango I think his name is actually Dave, okay. Dave Tingo, because um, I think sometimes they call him Dave, but he okay. goes by Tingo, um, which he it's actually... really strange, because one of the people that I knew from Cub Scout camp, his name was David, 
Mm. And his nickname was Tango. Maybe you knew him. (laughs) I don't know. Is he a redhead? No. Then no. Um, (laughs) He actually ends up being one of my favorite investigators in the show. Um, But he's new at this point. So he like, okay, doesn't really know anything. And there's a part where they're uh, recording Steve and he is so passive aggressively complaining that they decided to bring everybody that knew nothing about tech, knows nothing about setting anything up and because they're trying to set everything up and they're just not doing it. Like they're not. Oh my gosh. He's like, they didn't, they didn't bring anybody that actually knew what they were doing. He says, (laughs) and I was like, I feel you dude. Like it's like you're bringing me in there. Yeah. Same. Um, and look, we're doing a podcast. Hey, (laughs) you're welcome world. You're you're welcome. So, uh, while, well, I don't know if it's the same time. Sorry, I shouldn't say while, but, um, two investigators, Donna and Steve. So the manager and the tech guy, um, and Tango's kind of down there with him, but he's not in with them at this part. Um, they're in the pool area and that is the one that wasn't turned into the theater. So I think that was the first class pool. Okay. Um, and then they're in those, the dressing area. Okay. Um, they're doing a baseline reading, just same. That's how it always starts. And uh-huh. then, um, they mentioned that people claim to get scratched and pushed in the area. Of course. Um, this is very, uh, them talking about stuff later that wasn't talked about in the tour is very common for that show for some reason. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's just because it gets edited out or they get told stuff later. Or I don't know why, but... Uh, Steve is walking down that aisle and starts to feel really, really lightheaded and dizzy and he has to, like, grab onto the wall. Okay. And he calls Donna over, but she, like, as soon as she starts to come over, it stops. She okay. doesn't feel anything and so he can't, like, confirm what what caused it. Gotcha. And later they kind of talked about it and they said, like, the flooring is kind of uneven and stuff, so it could just kind of give you that unsteady feeling. Which is fair. I mean, I've felt that before. I get that. Uh, And then it kind of goes to Donna and Tango. They're walking around the pool area, and they hear a little girl's voice, and you actually hear it in real time. Oh. So, like, the camera's recording them. So she's powerful. Yeah, so you hear it on the cameras that are recording them. What? When they say, what was that? Oh, my God. It, like, they give you a little um, closed captions. Captions. I could not. I, all I could think of was CC because that's what it is on everything. <laughs> um, but they give you little captions at the bottom and it shows it. But they had they had their dumb background music up so freaking high. Oh my high. gosh. Like I could barely hear the people talking. I think it was just an editing issue. Gotcha. Um, I did hear something, but I can't confirm it was an actual like girl's voice. Gotcha. And then Don- right after the giggling, Donna sees a cold spot. And has Tango take a picture. Um, they didn't really say anything about the picture. So. Okay. Um, goes back to Grant and Jay in the theater, which was the old swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Um, they go backstage and Grant says that something touches his back. Moody. And Moody. it's crazy because there's actually, like, when that happens, you're watching from the camera that's recording him. And they're behind him. And nothing touches him. He just grabs his back and looks behind him. Yeah. And you can see there's nothing around him. And he, like, looks behind him and he's like, something just touched me. And they're very, like, they try to disprove stuff. Uh-huh. Um, 
that's part of why I liked him so much because it wasn't like over the top like you could tell they're faking stuff yeah and so like they try to figure out if there was like a like a spider web it's funny because Jay's like well could have been a spider web and Grant's like there's no spider webs behind me (laughs) he's like I was walking forward (laughs) there wouldn't be one behind me yeah but it was just funny um but yeah he just keeps like touching his shoulder blade and being like I swear something like touched me that was crazy right no thank you yes um Steve and Tango go to okay I'm gonna preface this with uh, and I'm I'm sorry, but I had to go through this roller coaster. So so do you. Steve and Tangle go to B three forty, which I mentioned earlier. Yes, that's the one that, that the they, bed gets unmade. Yeah, um, to change out the batteries on the camera because it's been running all day even during the tour. Okay. Um, when they walk into the room, the bed is messed up. Oh. Tango confirms that he watched Grant make the bed, and uh-huh. I did show it on the tour video. Uh, they watch the recording on the camera live and watch the bed unmake itself. <gasps> they tell Grant and Jay and they head down to the room. They show the recording and the blankets literally look like someone's pulling the sheets down the bed. Oh my gosh. Towards the foot of the bed. No. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. It, like, it like moves and then moves again. Yeah. But it was fake. <gasps> <clears throat> Someone had tampered with the camera. Oh, no. And hit pause on the camera and went behind the bed and then moved the covers. Oh. Uh, there are people staying in, all, in the other rooms. Um, they said multiple times they really didn't think that anybody working there would have done that. Yeah. And jeopardized, like, affecting the ship's, you know. Authenticity. Authenticity. Because... They're really big about that. The The ship is very like, you know, we are only telling you stuff that people have actually reported. We don't try to make it extra spooky. Like if you don't experience anything, you don't experience anything. Like even Tasha said that she really only experienced one little thing. And I think they even did the haunted tour. I don't remember. Oof. But um, yeah, so they're pretty sure it was a couple of guests. They said later that they did see some like teenage girls walking down the hallways of course. Um, there was a small access door, so it wasn't like a door door, but kind of like a, there's a space in the wall for all the electricity stuff. Okay. And there was a door on each side and it was behind the camera, so they could have fit uh, makes in. sense. Um, and they were trying to figure that out because if they would have opened either of the other doors, it would have put light in the room and you would have been able to see. Yeah. Um, so after this, it's really hard for them to keep recording yeah and keep going um but they didn't really have anything of note happen like they went and sat in the theater uh, jay and grant went and sat in the theater just to see if anything would happen okay um and then the other investigators went in a couple of the rooms nothing really happened um and they didn't find anything in the review wow. they didn't even have an evp from the little girl that giggled Oh. So for some reason, their technology, like their recorders and stuff, just didn't pick it up. Even though they heard it in real time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which, that's almost creepier to me than when the recorders hear it and you don't. Yeah. Because it's like, why wouldn't the recorder catch that if you're literally hearing it? Yeah. So that was really weird. But then there's always the chance, like like I said, I couldn't really hear, hear it over the music, so 
maybe they just thought they heard something and then it wasn't on the recorder. I'm not sure, but, and they literally say this. So like, like I said, they don't really present stuff that isn't presentable. Like they literally just say, yeah, we didn't find anything. Um, okay. they did tell the employees of the experience with, um, the bed mm-hmm. and kind of just told them like, watch out. You might have people that think they're doing something good for the ship by creating these stories or it might just be trying to freak people out. Yeah. And you might want to like close that, make sure it's locked or something. Yeah. Um, they do tell a couple of personal experiences while they're talking to the ship employees. Okay. Um, they did have an experience where the they left the theater and closed the door behind them um, and continued to walk like down the hallway and then realized they actually needed to go the opposite direction. <laughs> so they needed to go back through the theater. Yeah. Happens I'd, to me all the all time. All the time. Um, and when they went back, uh, the door was open, but they Ooh. closed it, but... Again, there were no, like, they were, the cameramen were with them, so they didn't have a recording of this. They don't know if somebody opened it, but they didn't hear it open. Ooh. Because they weren't, like, way down, you know? Gotcha. And then Grant mentions that he was put in a haunted room, um, because they stayed on the ship that night. Okay. And he did experience the lap, the lamp, excuse me. (laughs) Wow. Uh, turning off while he was sitting on the bed watching TV. Oof. Um, and it wasn't burnt out because it did turn on when he switched it back on. Yeah. Um, and that actually, Maybe. yeah, and that actually gets this a similar thing, but more escalated happens in the other show, which is what we're doing next. So this next one, which was the docu movie I was talking about, okay, um, it's on Discovery Plus, and it is Jack and Kelly Osborne. Ooh. Uh, so apparently Jack, I didn't like do research or anything, but apparently Jack's been like into the paranormal stuff. Okay. Um, it sounds like he actually does like actual investigations and like he has a bunch of equipment and, um, and he decided to take Kelly on one of his investigations and they, they reference it like there was a recording. So I'm going to see if I can find the other investigation and see if there's any because i didn't even try to find anything else okay um with the first investigation that they did together um he found that she maybe has her own kind of psychic sensitivity sensitivities um and i say that really carefully because i know that like a lot of people can fake it a lot of people i mean it's it's kind of like a spectrum there's not like somebody's either psychic or they're not um, but I will say after watching it, if it's, if it's real, I always have to preface that with paranormal shows. It, I think she's psychic. All right. Um, you'll see why. Okay. So they, uh, to kind of preface it, they go on to the boat for three days okay. and two nights. They're the only ones on the boat. So this right. is at the point where it's been closed down. Uh, okay, for COVID. Gotcha. And the only person living on the boat is the director and his dog. And he actually leaves the boat. Ooh. Technically, they do have camera people following them, but they do not stay the night. They record with them during the night and then leave. And then they go to bed. Okay. And then they come back the next day. So they record during the day. Uh, No, they record at night, but they leave after they're done. Like the camera people aren't sleeping on the boat. But they are with them while they're investigating okay so they investigate at night and sleep during the day so they're nocturnal (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm Ish? Leon Osborne's. Uh, you're, yes, that's true. <laughs> so Ozzy Osborne and Sharon Osborne were literally the. I mean, to me, they're like the modern day Adams family. <laughs> that is true. So, yeah, I would say, yeah. <laughs> but no, they, I mean, they don't sleep all day. Like, they do a little bit of stuff during the day, but. And I don't. I don't know if they are nocturnal. <laughs> I will say that they do the investigation at night. They are semi like they're up doing stuff for part of the day but yeah that's kind of the the beast of doing paranormal is you do it at night so you are going to sleep for a large portion of the day um Mm -hmm. but i just know that they're the only two people that sleep on the boat that actually sleep on the boat okay and they they make this known because they actually sleep in haunted rooms and they tell you like which room um all right anyway so during the walkthrough, the mel meter starts to go off. Um, that is, it kind of looks like a walkie-talkie. It, um, it's hard to really like explain because I don't know 100% what all the specific one he had reads. Okay. But usually it reads temperature fluctuations and um, depending on the mel meter, it will also read um, like the electric, electromagnetic fields. Okay. Things like that. It looked like his was one that does like 10 different things. Oof. Um, but it's I know crazy. that it was at least, yeah, but I know that it was at least temperature because he mentions it later and then a couple other things. Okay. Um, but it literally just starts to go off like crazy. Um, and again, that's at the forward mail hold. Okay. Um, the, the director who's giving them the tour says that um, Alistair Crowley which I thought was Ooh. really interesting that his name is Alistair Crowley. Um, Supernatural, anyone? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and get this. He was a famous occultist. Oh, definitely. Right. I was mm-hmm. like, I had to like reread his name like three times because they put <laughs> it on the, on the thing. I was like, what? Um, when he passed away, one of his pan, one of his pans. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> One of his pans were shipped across the, <laughs> on a boat. Oh my god! He really gosh. loved those pans. He loved those pans. Um, one of his fans, oh man, purchased his ashes. Which get that? What? How that is a thing? I don't know. But it also I didn't give a year. But I mean, you have to think of when it was an operation as a mail carrier. Like I guess that's true. I'm sure back then it was a little bit different. Um, they were shipped on the ship to New York City. Okay. And they didn't really keep, like, records, records back then of, like, the mail stuff. Okay. So either the urn broke or it got spilled <gasps> oh, no. on the ship in that specific room. Um, and so more than likely some of the ashes got left on the boat. Yeah. Um, so as far as that... that forward mail hold they say that that's the most um the director puts it as it's the uh, entity that responds and interacts with him the most so it's not as much like something that's residual or like kind of living most active ghost most active and most like it actually interacts like it seems like it's aware so you have (laughs) 
You have residual. <laughs> Thank you. Residual is ghosts that are kind of like reliving things that they did. Thank you. Yes, throughout their life or reliving their murders or deaths or whatever. They're just yes. reliving and kind of on a tape. Yeah. Um, I don't know which I prefer more. Um, Probably residual because that means that they aren't necessarily going to do anything to you. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, And then they're not like interacting with you, which can get really creepy depending on how they're interacting yes yeah that's true but the director's name is mark okay um and i mentioned he does live on the boat full time with his dog uh-huh. which is really cute that yes. he lives with his dog. and the dog in the when they first got on the boat had a vest on that said uh paranormal protection dog oh my gosh <laughs> so cute yes um, but he experiences the lock moving on Ooh. that on a storage door. I, I didn't really understand like what the door was to. They didn't really go into depth. Okay. But it's in that room okay. and there's like a legit like padlock on the Oof. door. They said that there's like a third party that like rents the space. Okay. Um so I'm assuming that's probably where they store their stuff or something. Um but he experiences the lock on the storage door move at night and actually the night before it had moved um and he says it happens a lot and he actually mentions a lot that all of the activity on the ship has just increased exponentially since the ship's been closed down and it's only been him oh and so it's getting just crazy on the ship so we do need to go so that we can help him out i'm yes absolutely (laughs) specifically to help him out yep <laughs> um he takes them to the rope Mark, room. Are you there? <laughs> Mark, can we come hang out? Can I stay in um one of the haunted rooms, please? I will bring you wine if you like that. If not, then I'll bring you something else. Uh uh rope room. He takes them to the rope room. Um and it really is that. It's like this spooky room that I couldn't tell. They said it's they kind of show where it's at, like each room. They kind of show you on a map where it's at, but it's so confusing, and they go all over the ship. Yeah, but it's kind of at the front of the ship. Okay. Um, and I think it's like near the bottom of the ship. Okay. But it's just this creepy, like all metal room with just a bunch of giant ropes. I have. I'm assuming it's something to do with like the anchor, or where they tie it off, like or something off at port but it's literally called the rope room yeah and they're like the big like the size of your body ropes because it's a giant ship i don't like that name yeah Yeah, no i don't either um so this is one there is a a, like a square hole with bars over it okay that you can essentially see down into like the boiler room okay and um, that is where they held um, the German prisoners of war. Oh. Um, which I will say now, I will call them POWs a lot. Yes. Um, they were kept on the way back from World War II. And there weren't really records of like the numbers or who was on the ship or anything. Um, but at one point, uh, they don't know... Again, there weren't really records because they were prisoners of war. Like, yeah. nobody cared. Um, but they, at some point, were either, like, left down there too long or weren't checked on or who knows what. But it gets really, really, really hot down there, even oh. in the winter. Ah. And a bunch of them died. 
um, just from heat. Um, they don't know how many he did here. At one point, someone said like 33, but he doesn't know how accurate that was. Uh, yeah. He doesn't even know if, you know, that's how many died. Oof. Um, he says that in that room, it's mostly just like touches. Um, while he's just, dis- while they're discussing, uh, the room and like that history, there's a loud bang, like a door closing in the Ooh. distance. Um, Kelly it, during the tour is carrying her, she has a little tiny dog and then she has a dog that's on a leash. That, okay. But they're both small little, like, but one's like a teacup dog and the other one's a small one. They're, they go everywhere with, um, okay. And so she's carrying the little one and has the other dog on the leash. And the little one, I guess, right after the door closes, is, like, shaking really, really, really bad. And she's not, like, the constant shaker type dog. It's only uh-huh. when she's scared. And so she's like, I got to go out. I got to take my dog out of here. Like, she's freaking out. Um, and then Jack takes some pictures while she's taking the dogs out of just the room. Okay. Um, so then they decide to go to the engine room and she doesn't bring her dogs after this because she's worried that the dogs are going to get too stressed. Okay. Um, so the director, Mark, is talking about how um, the gangways, which are these like kind of walkways, they're the, but they're metal, yeah. like, hanging walkways. Um, they're how you get onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Well, or go through the ship, like it kind of goes over the engine room. So they're like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, kind of like in a theater, how you have like the walkways above the yeah the catwalks. Yep, gotcha. So kind of like that, but they're like metal and they're just like hanging, so they're like not sturdy. Gotcha. Because I mean they're old too. Um, <laughs> so true. he that was mentioned a weird laugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. So he mentioned that the gangways were shaking. Okay. Um. And like swinging really fast. Ooh. And um, he asked if they could do it again because they kind of stopped. And all of them did it at the same time. Oof. And there's like a bunch of them like going across all the different sections. Yeah. Um, he decided to leave and he had a couple people with him. So he's like, okay, let's like get out of here. Like this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. And he felt something like brush his back, like on his side. Okay. And... He kind of looked and he didn't see anything behind him and he does, uh, he said he does keep his walkie-talkie on like his right hip. Gotcha. So he kind of just assumed like maybe it was that even though like why it would move on him, he doesn't know. Well, speaking as someone who occasionally wears a walkie-talkie on their belt, mm-hmm. it does occasionally rub on you. Right. But I just mean like it literally felt like something brushed from like the middle of his back around his side. Oh, okay. And that's where his walkie talkie was. So he did mention like I kind of just brushed it off as though it was probably just my walkie talkie. But in hindsight, like I don't know why it would move. It would have moved to that extent all the way like across my back. Yeah. Um. So later, like the people left and he went back to his room because he lives there. Okay. And he was out showering and everything. And he said he felt a sting on his side and he literally shows a picture to them from this almost the center of his back all the way to almost the front of his back there's a little scratch and it's like broke the skin scratch oof um yeah like it looks essentially scabbed at that point but like it looks like it probably bled yeah so it was deep just one scratch so not like the three scratches like but still like that something got him like that's crazy um all right so 
it while like right after he's like talking about this they start hearing a bunch of bangs and movement below okay um in the actual engine room because they're kind of up above there's like a walkway uh-huh and they're like shining their lights they're, like it sounds like someone's down there and like no one's down there like they go down there there's nobody there like but they're still hearing like it sounds like walking and it's just crazy okay um so then they go down to the boiler room which is essentially you go th- down into the engine room and then kind of down again into the boiler room so they're okay. kind of in the same section yeah but just... below and um he does mention to them which i thought this is cool it's actually 20 feet underwater in the boiler room all right. Which is why it gets so hot down there. Makes he sense. Said. Um, so that's where they actually kept the POWs. Mm-hmm. And he never actually like specifically says where, but later they do find like this weird like room that they're pretty sure that's where it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they start their investigation. Uh, they kind of like talk beforehand. They're like, here's what we're going to do. And they decide to go to the engine room. Um, they start to hear tapping, which in the video, it literally just sounds like someone tapping on metal. Just like tap, 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 tap. It's really weird. Like not water dripping. Cause at first when I first started hearing, I was like, it's just water dripping. It literally sounds like a finger tapping on metal. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> and he's like, is that tapping? And he's like, what, what is that? And then they hear bangings, um, and then it sounds like something is literally, like, the first bang, um, she literally goes, it sounded like someone dropped a penny. <laughs> and he's like, but who dropped the penny? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs> but it kind of did. Like, it sounded like something fell that was, like, metal from a height. So, I mean, I was like, yeah, it kind of did sound like a penny dropped. Okay. Um, but it was just, I mean... I wouldn't have immediately gone to, but I wouldn't know like what it sounded like, you know? So it wasn't so much that it wasn't accurate. It was just so crazy that she just like called it. And I was like, yeah, it did actually sound like that. Um, And then it sounds like something really big gets dropped, um, like almost right after. And then um, the REM pod starts going off. So this is like a circular um, device. And it has a large antenna going up the top. And when you go near it with like your hands or anything, it starts to go off and the closer you are, the louder it kind of gets. Okay. Um, and then it also lights up and that just starts to go off like crazy, but it's like sitting on the ground. Like they're not by it. Nobody's by it. Like the cameras on it. You can see no one's by it. Um, so they're still in the, in the boiler room and they kind of, they're kind of like in this, like, I couldn't even tell. They kind of looked around it kind of looked like they were in this like big, almost circular, half circular type space. Okay. But I don't know for sure. I mean, it wasn't like they literally showed where they, where they were. But um, you hear a like a male's voice or like a, a sound that sounds like a male. Okay. And it literally echoes off the walls. Like that's yeah. how. And Kelly said it sounded like someone like starting to go like, starting to be like, huh, or... Like, it kind of sounded like that. Like, it was just very short, but it was very deep, and it, like, echoed. So, they go, like, a couple minutes past where they're kind of like, what was that, you know? And then they go Uh up to the mail room. Okay. And they hear a really loud metallic banging. Um, Yeah. And this is, again, where that Alistair 
um, Crowley's ashes were. Oh, gotcha. Um, uh, but yeah, they start hearing like the loud banging, and it's really weird because like that room isn't. It's not like the boiler room. Like there's not a lot of metal everywhere. Huh. Um. But then they notice that the uh, lock is moving on the storage. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, it's hard to explain to people that can't, like, see my hand motions. But it literally, it's not just swinging like someone bumped it. It literally is, like, specifically moving left to right slowly like someone is moving it left to right. And it's very slight. Just very, very slight. But very deliberate. Very deliberate. Like, no, it would not just swing you. like that. And he actually goes up to it and he's like, why is it swinging? And he literally puts his face by it and blows on it and nothing, it doesn't move. Uh. And so he's like, it wasn't like a breeze. Like, that's not something that was happening. And they don't mention it, but I actually saw the door move a little bit, like shake. Uh. And then they're like kind of looking at it and it starts to move a little bit again. And he's like, look, it's moving again. And then the whole door moves like three inches and like closes. Like it was almost open a little bit and it closes. Because it's not like a tight lock. So the door kind of has a little bit of movement, a little bit of play. Okay. And so it literally just like goes boom and closes. And I swear, I mean, maybe it was only like an inch or two. It's not like you can see the whole door. Yeah. But it very, very obviously moves. Yeah. Kelly freaks out understandably and like runs out of the room she's like no no like running out of the room kelly would be me yeah i mean i was sitting there like what the (laughs) um and then they eventually they kind of walk back over and they're like that's and then he like kind of looks at it again they're trying to figure it out um that's really all they do there i think they kind of just were like okay that was enough like (laughs) all right so, Bye-bye. Yeah, so um, they kind of go back to the base, and Kelly decides to go alone down to the rope room because she said that room felt different. Okay. Um, because she feels like she has this, like, sensitivity, uh, she goes into the room and does what they call sensory deprivation, which normally, like, everyone kind of knows it as, like, a way to, like, improve anxiety and stuff like that. But she does it so that there's no outside interference and she can just focus on what she's seeing in her mind's eye, essentially. Okay. So she puts on an eye mask that's literally like it's got the pads, like it's completely blocking. Um, and then noise canceling. I put headphones. They weren't really headphones. They're more, he called them earmuffs. <laughs> they weren't really that either, but yeah. they're the noise can't, so you can't hear anything. Okay. Um, so she's like kind of sitting actually right next to the opening with the bars. Okay. She's sitting on the ground, just cross-legged. And, um, she has a recorder and like a flashlight and Jack. And then like all the recording people, like everybody's outside. Okay. Um, like kind of outside the door. Cause there's like a little thing and then the door and he has his little, um, millimeter again and he's kind of standing. And at one point he sits down. And the, all the recording people are recording him. Mm-hmm. And um, she starts by saying she sees a paper bag and he can hear everything because okay. he has a little earpiece. Um, and she can hear a heartbeat, but she says, I can tell it's not mine because I can feel mine and it's not the same. And she's just saying this to herself because she knows that he can hear her. 
Um, and then, um, <laughs> so Jack is sitting outside, uh, the door and, um, he just kind of is talking to these entities and he's like, if you can hear me, do you have a message that you would like to say? And right after he asked that, Kelly just says, like, just to the emptiness, save me. No. Like, just save me. Creepy. Yeah. And he's like, he kind of like sits there for me. He's like, okay. <laughs> he like literally says that. He's like, got it? Um... <laughs> Because she can't try. hear him, so he's just like, um, okay, that was, that was interesting. And then she says that she starts to, in her mind's eye, because like, she's got the yep. uh, mask on, but she says, I see a beating heart, there's blood everywhere, and a knife. Yeah. And then she says, Jack, um, I'm feeling like I'm not alone. It feels like there's someone sitting next to me. Oh, no. So Jack asked the entity to make a sound, um, if... You know, he's in, if they're in the room with Kelly and his millimeter starts going off like crazy, like all the lights are going off sounds and he just like, he's like, okay, oh wow. Um, it doesn't do that. That's all he says. He's like, it does not do that. This is, it's not able to do that. This is not normal. And, um, while this is happening and he's like looking at the meter and trying to figure it out, uh, Kelly just starts saying random words and she says, brown hair, red lipstick, lonely, fall, affair. Uh Uh-oh. And then they go to bed. (laughs) She does like, so they do a show, like she kind of, she's like, okay, I think I want to be done. Like I'm not comfortable anymore. And she like takes her stuff off and they go in there and, she like reader. It's like I did not feel like I was alone. Okay. Um. But then they go to bed. So just kind of the same stuff. Um, okay. So they go to bed. So he is staying in B three forty. Okay. And she is staying in a room that's called M zero zero one. All right. Which are supposedly the most haunted rooms on the boat, on the ship. Remember B three forty was the one from the other. The... Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't really experience anything. I gotcha. will put that out there now. Um, she does a little bit. So Kelly wakes up. Um, so she has her dogs with her in the bed. And okay. it doesn't show a timestamp, so I don't know how long she was kind of like there before. Um, but Kelly wakes up to whispering in her room, and you can hear it on the recording. Yeah. Because they have cameras in their rooms recording uh-huh. them sleep. Um, she isn't sure. She even says, like, I'm not sure if it was my dog snoring or if I'm actually hearing anything. So she, like, wakes her dog, like, kind of bumps her dog and the mm-hmm. dog, like, looks at her. And then it keeps happening. She's like, okay. So it's not the dog. That's not the dog snoring. Got it. And she said it sounds like it's coming from the hallway. Yeah. Um, and then she's, and they actually have a camera in the hallway outside of each of their rooms as well to prove uh-huh. that there's no one there. And she asked it to make a sound. And there's a little bang. And to me, it sounded almost like when a drawer on like a cabinet bangs. Gotcha. Um, both the jog- dogs immediately jump up and start barking like crazy. Just like, yeah. like, cause they're yappy little dogs, you know, <laughs> but they did not bark the entire time. Like, so this was that very, very, me out. yeah. Um, she's just like, okay. Um, and then that kind of like, and it does cut to him showing that he's still in bed. Nothing's really happening. So he didn't hear any of this because they're literally on, they're two decks apart and like okay, tons gotcha. of space. 
so they can't hear anything. I mean, there's six miles of miles of carpet that are just imagine, just (laughs) imagine. Oh my gosh, insane. (laughs) So the next day, um, they meet up with a bunch of witnesses. These are people that are like tour guides. Um, some people that work on the ship. Mm -hmm. Um, and these are kind of their statements. These are what they talk about, and they're all kind of like separated in chairs. And then they're sitting at the front and they're just like, okay, does anyone have a crazy story or so the first guy, um, he says he was outside the, the gangway indie deck. So that's where all the decks were kind of shaking us up. Gotcha. Um, and he said, there's no guests allowed down here. I was just like cleaning and doing a couple things that are my job. And he felt like someone was watching him. So he turns to look and there's a woman standing there. (gasps) Like, not see-through, not anything. Literally just a woman. A full embodiment. Wow. Yes. Uh, He describes her as a Caucasian woman with medium brown hair. Okay. Wearing an orange blouse and a brown pleated skirt or tan pleated skirt to her ankles. Okay. Now, if you didn't catch it, he said brown hair, which is one of the things that Kelly said. When she was naming off multiple descriptive words. And it literally pans to Kelly and she's like, okay, all right. Um, (laughs) like, (laughs) uh, and it like actually in the, the show goes back and shows her saying it, um, in when she was doing her, her little thing. Um, and then one of the tour guides, they said like, where do you feel like it's the most haunted? Um, one of the tour guides says, uh, B deck is the most haunted. Um, she said that every time she was there, she'd feel cold, something heavy on her chest. Like she couldn't take a full breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly's room is actually on B deck. You know, it's M001. It's up. It's on B deck. That makes no sense. Well, you have to remember his isn't on B deck and his room is B340. <laughs> So none of it makes sense. I'm tired and confused. <laughs> right. Um, but what Kelly said. What are you doing to me, Shannon? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You don't have to remember it. Okay, um, good. Kelly said that when she was was sitting in her room, like before she went to bed, she uh-huh. was like sitting on the bed and they do kind of show a section of what she's like. I feel like it's there's like a female presence with me and I'm feeling kind of short of breath. And that yes. was on B-Deck. No, thank you. And then another um, tour guide like looks back to the other one and is like, oh yeah, remember when we were walking down? I forgot that that happened, how we both like felt like we couldn't breathe and we had to go off of B-deck. Um, another witness, and I, I missed what his profession was, but he was wearing like a captain's. Okay. So I don't I don't remember exactly what he did. Um, but he, but he had like a captain's garb. or Yeah, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know what he did. Because obviously the ship doesn't run, so I don't, I don't know what he actually did but he said that he and his wife were staying in m001 Uh um there was like a big party to celebrate an anniversary of the ship and he decided to stay there because it was easier with his wife um his wife woke up around 8 a.m and just left the cabin to go you know do what she needed to do and he said she'd been gone maybe five minutes and he laid back down because he was just gonna go back to sleep Mm-hmm. And he heard a woman whisper in his ear, I'm so cold. I'm so very cold. <sighs> when he said that, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Um, I'm sorry, goodbye. <laughs> hello, goodbye. 
Um, he did say that there's something in the archives of uh, the archives of the boat about a woman that died just below M001 um, on the deck below. So it's below the okay. room, but it's on the deck below in the 50s. Uh, she bled out from... Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't like specify, but he said something about like she had like stab wounds. Oh. So I'm assuming a knife. Um, and it was not determined whether or not it was self-inflicted. Ah. Um, because it wasn't really like, yeah. Um, but he does wonder if it was her as, uh, people do go into shock and feel cold when they bleed out. Yes. And we will go more into depth on that, um, as well. But that was the last of like the, uh, witness statements. Okay. Um, so on the second night, they go down to the cargo hold first and they are slightly split up in the room. So they're like still in the same room, but she's over kind of close to the end of the room. And he goes into that room I told you about, um, that was like a square room that they think oh, where the, gotcha. the POWs. Um, yeah, where the POWs were kept. Cause she literally walks up to the room. She's like, oh my gosh, please tell me they were not kept in there. I think they were kept in there. And he's like, I'm, I would not be surprised if they were kept in there. Cause there's like a big door and it's just like a square room. And she's like, do not go in there. <laughs> she says to him. And he does, of course. Because, of course. Because masculinity. Um, <laughs> Toxic so, masculinity. Uh, in some cases. Um, so he goes in kind of there and she wanders over to kind of the end of the room and she sets up a the REM pod. So that's, again, the one with the antenna. Okay. And it senses things in, in its Going vicinity. Close. Yep. Um, and she asks someone to touch it. It literally, like, it's... Not immediate, but she actually starts to kind of walk away from it. Like, she's kind of looking around. And it starts to go off. And no. um, she yells to Jack. And okay. he tells her to ask questions. And she's asking if anyone is there. And it starts to go off again. Um, she asks to she asks Jack to come over. Because he's, like, still not really coming over. And she's like, wow. no, like, you need to come here. Like, no. Like, come here. <laughs> Well, you have to remember, she's also not the investigator. Like, she's been on, like, two with him. And so she's like, uh, get your butt over here. Like, what is going on? And um, it starts to make these, like, really high-pitched, like, flittery sounds. Oof. Which like trails? Even, yeah. And even Jack's like, whoa. Like, that was not normal. Like, that was crazy. Because you have to, like, you can't really fully explain it unless you, like, watch how they work. Okay. But literally, as your hand gets closer, it just goes, ooh, ooh. Like, it doesn't make these, like, trilling sounds. Yeah. But it was literally going, like, really weird. It was, like, and that's not even the full, yeah. So he asks who's there, and you can hear tapping again. And this is, like, way more pronounced. You hear a voice, and he asks if anyone is on the staircase to the camera, because it literally sounds like there's a person. And they're like, no, there's nobody over there. And it even pans to the staircase. There's nobody there. And then he asks, uh, who's with us? And it starts to go high-pitched again. Ugh. And she asks if if there's something they want them to know. And they hear another banging. They start to hear... So the captions say metal groaning. To me, it sounded a little more like scraping. Like metal scraping. Like something dragging on the metal. Um, the meter starts freaking out again. So it's kind of like going off for like a second and then starting up again. Okay. Um, and it's going up and down in pitch, Ooh. which is crazy. 
Um, there's another really large bang right after Kelly says she's starting to feel heaviness in her chest. Uh-huh. Um, and it, she says that it shakes the floor. She literally fills it from, through her feet, but Oof. it came from above her. Ah. Um, and then you kind of hear voices. No. No, thank you. So at this point, uh, Jack's like, okay, so let's get out of here. They have a psychic that's showing up and they have to go meet her. Um, the psychic's name is Cindy Kaysaw. Um, okay. She's a psychic medium and paranormal investigator. Um, she does th- say that she's been there twice, um, both for investigations. And on the second investigation she'd experienced, um, there was like a, she felt it was a German prisoner of war. Um, he was very angry and he like moved really fast to the other side of her and then got up in her face. Yeah. And she had to like tell him to back off. And they actually show a clip because yeah. it was an investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you can't see anything, but she like turns and she's like, get out of my face. Like, yeah, good for, her. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so they go to the rope room first, which is really interesting because that was where Kelly wanted to go when she was asked where she wanted to go. Uh-huh. And then they ask Cindy where she wants to go. And she's like, I think the rope room. Yeah. It's really interesting that she picked the same room. Um, she says she sees a woman who is just screaming and sad. She says she was pregnant. Oh. And Kelly asks if she can see what she looks like. And she says she has medium brown hair. Yeah. And Kelly is just like, dude, <laughs> I also saw that. <laughs> um, Cindy says that the woman is following Kelly because she likes her and wants her story to be heard. Okay. Um, she thinks that she is also what she heard in her room. Okay. And then they uh, kind of talk a little bit about, like, she's going to stay with you. She might try to tell you, you know, she might try to talk to you because you can hear her. Gotcha. Um, so they go to the mail hold. And as they're, like, walking in, they haven't even started investigating in the room. But Kelly's like, I literally just heard something in my mind. Like, should I say it out loud? Like, can I say it? And Cindy's like, absolutely, like, say it. And she just heard it in her head, and she said, I heard I was pregnant from an affair, and he killed me. (gasps) And Cindy's like, yeah, like, essentially checks out, like, oh my god, sure thing, I'm getting chills. (laughs) Uh, Because it really was in that moment, like, she said that, and they both just look at each other and nod, like, yep, it's really crazy. So... And Jack kind of, so they kind of sit in that moment for a minute. And then Jack's like, so Cindy, are you picking anything up? And she says she keeps hearing a man coughing. Okay. And it seems like it was more like a cigarette smoke cough. Okay. Um, she feels like he was in his sixties and worked on the ship. Okay. It's not, they don't really like do research, but that's just kind of what she's feeling in that room, which is interesting that she doesn't pick up on the Alistair occultist guy. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they go to B deck, which is supposedly the ha- most haunted deck where mm-hmm. her room is. And they're walking down the hallway and a light switches on in a room as they pass by. All the lights have been turned off because they actually literally turn the breakers off. Oh. Um, Kelly says she's pretty sure that the electricity isn't working because they turn the breakers off in the rooms. Jack tries to turn on one of the other lights and the room light won't turn on. Yeah. Uh, they actually go into the room, which ends up being B490. Okay. Everyone says that the, like, immediately everyone's like, oh my gosh, the vibe in here is terrible. Like, Jack says, this is the 
the worst room we've been in. Like he just feels so heavy. Um, he's, the light is still on and it's in the bathroom and he goes into the bathroom. He tries to turn it off and it won't turn off. Yeah. And the breakers aren't even on. So the light shouldn't even be able to be on. Yeah. Um, they're trying to figure out why it won't turn off. And then they hear a voice right behind Jack and he literally jumps and almost like jumps and turns a full 180 and he's like, whoa, you know, and they're like, what? And he's like, I just heard a voice right behind me, Aaron. She's like, I heard that too. I just thought you said something because it was literally right behind him. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I'm gone. I'm done. Let's leave this room. They never even got the light off. They're just like, nope, we're, we're done with this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um... So they go to the cargo hold next and Cindy says she keeps seeing a man over by the side of the room. He's naked, huddled in a fetal position and shivering. Oh. Uh, It turns out the spot she's pointing to is right where the REM pod was earlier when it was freaking out. (gasps) And because she literally walks over to the spot and she's like, literally, this is where the REM pod was. Like right above where you say he's sitting. No, thank you. Right? <laughs> and no, thank you. she says, and Cindy says that he's a POW and there's a bunch of them and she feels like they're all over in this room and they are hiding. Oh. Uh, Cindy says that the POWs are more aggressive and due to the intense anger that they feel, they can move very quickly. Um, so they can literally be at another point of the ship almost immediately. So uh-huh. it makes them very dangerous and they can be anywhere in the ship. She warns Kelly that they are stalking her. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's like freaky. Like she looks at her and she's like, they are following you. Like you need to be careful. And Kelly's like, I'm sorry. Why are they following me? And like all funny, Jack like looks at her and he's like, well, you are the sensitive one. <laughs> like <laughs> there is that. I think he says that you're the open one, but that's what he means. Like you're more yeah. sensitive. And um, they go back to base camp and discuss the next steps. And they decide to go alone to different rooms. Mm-hmm. and uh, Cindy's going to stay at base camp. Jack is going to go to the rope room, and Kelly is going to the boiler room. And again, they're all alone. Um, it starts with Jack. He's in the rope room. He's hearing some tapping pretty much right as he walks in the door. Okay. And Cindy is watching and says that she feels, she literally is like watching the video of him, and she's like, I feel like the energy is building around Jack. He's probably going to start feeling sick. And he hears this metallic, groan almost like something's like like the ship is moving Uh um he says that the vibe is starting to change in the room and this is literally right after he's like my jaw and my head are starting to hurt and i'm getting dizzy and you just hear Cindy go yep (laughs) like at base camp because you're hearing it through the camera that she's watching she's just like yep wow right and then um it goes to kelly and she's sitting um, on the ground again, like cross-legged. Uh-huh. And she asks if there's anyone in the boiler room with her and hears a loud bang. And honestly, like, I say loud bang, but, like, this one was medium. Like, it wasn't, like, crazy or anything, okay. but it, like, startles her. And then she's like, I feel like something's watching me. And she asks it, excuse me, to make another big sound and sh- to show that it's there. And you mm-hmm. hear these two bangs right one after the other. And they're like five times louder. It's like bang. Yeah. And she's just like, oh my gosh. Like, um, So she kind of, I think, wishful thinking. She's like, I want this to be the lady that's following me. Yeah. So she's like, um, is this, 
is this the lady that's following me? And then it kind of goes back to Cindy, who's watching her. And Cindy says that she can see a man standing right behind Kelly. Ah. It goes back to Kelly, and Kelly's like, um, if will you make that sound again if it's one of the if you're one of the POWs and it bangs again. And Cindy's like, you know, Kelly seems really calm right now, but that's about to change. Like all matter of fact, it was really weird. <laughs> and then literally Kelly's like, are you angry that I'm here? And she hears the bang again. And Cindy's like, oh my gosh, that man is still right behind her. And now it's standing over her. <gasps> And I'm going to chills again. And she's like, and she's like, yep, see, it's starting to get to her. And Kelly's like looking around and shining the light. And there's another bang, which is the loudest so far. It's like, she like physically jumps in her place and she starts to get really scared. Like her, her breathing gets, and then the REM pod starts going off. She has it like sitting a few, Uh like a foot ahead of her. She asks if it's trying to hurt her. And Cindy's like, I need to go down there. Like, she's getting too far into it, like, because she knows that she's kind of sensitive and she doesn't want it to attach to her. So she goes down and they, like, follow her down. And because she's getting worried, she walks in and Kelly looks at her and says, there's something in here, isn't there? It's angry and it feels like it's been right behind me the whole time. Literally just looks at her and says that. Wow. And Cindy's like, yeah, it's been behind you. There's been a man standing behind you the whole time. And... She's just like, I knew it. Like, um, it goes back to Jack, Jack in the rope room, uh, in the rope room. And he says that he is starting to shake and you can see like it goes to his camera and it's like not able to sit still. And he isn't sure how much longer he can stand there. He feels like, um, whatever it is, is hiding just outside of his light. And every time he turns, it feels like it goes behind him. Okay. And so he's like, I feel surrounded. I need to leave. I can't be here anymore. Um, and then they end the investigation and Cindy leaves and here are the final findings. Here okay. are some of the things that, um, so they did in the boiler room when they heard the man's, what they thought was the man's voice it ended up being a cough. Yeah. I remember Cindy said that she hears a smoker's cough. Yeah. And, uh, they told the director that Mark, and he mm-hmm. actually said that he hears coughs all the time. Wow. So I told you Jack was taking pictures uh-huh. when Kelly left the room to take her dogs out during the walkthrough. Yes. He actually catches a picture that has light anomalies, and I can show you this after, at the kind of near the bottom. And okay. as you look closer, you see that one, the one on the right actually has kind of a shadowy, and it looks like a person huddled with his knees up to his chest, like oh, Cindy no. was talking about. And this was before Cindy even said yeah. that. Yeah. And also, she said that before they showed her the picture. What? Because after she said that, they took her up to the base camp and they showed her that picture. And she's and Kelly's like, what do you see in this picture? And she's like, it looks like a person, a man sitting here, there's his head. And Kelly's like, that's what I saw too. And Kelly's the one that pointed it out to Jack when he showed her the picture with the anomalies. Um, in, and I actually could see it. Uh, they do outline it, so, I mean, it obviously makes it a little yeah. bit... But, like, before they outline it, I was like, yeah, I can see that, you know? Gotcha. Um, and then in the recording of Kelly, when she was alone in the boiler room, when she was, like, asking... When the man was standing behind her. Uh-huh. Um, there's a shadow of what appears to be, like, a pillar. Like, okay. 
on the other side of the camera, um, what's it called? View. Okay. Um, and I mean, it's a pillar, so it's just like a, it looks like a square, well, rectangular, (laughs) uh, shadow, and, uh, it jumps toward her. The shadow moves. No, thank you. And then right after it, like, jump. when I say jumps, like, it actually moves, like, probably, uh, a large space in the actual space, you know, um, just really suddenly. And then it slowly starts to move toward her. So what I'm, th- cause they didn't really talk about it. They just showed it. Okay. What I'm thinking is whatever was causing that light. Cause it's a, um, night camera. Okay. I think whatever was causing the light moved, but still. Yeah. Something moved the light towards yeah. her. Or I guess the light would be away, but the shadow moved towards her when, she said that the man was standing over her, which is creepy. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And that's the Queen Mary! Yay! <laughs> uh, yay! <laughs> An hour and a half later. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, final decision on that. Very haunted. I... Wanna yes, go? Yes. 100% hope, wanna go. Hope to experience things, even though it's scary AF. I still wanna experience it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And honestly, like, that's the conclusion of our first episode. Like, we done it. For the most part. We done I, did I it. I do <laughs> want to add a, uh, a a word of the day. Yes, yes, yes. And I have something, too. So you do your word of the day. Okay. So this is one of my favorite words. Okay. It is spoonerism. Ooh. Okay. I like that one. Yes, and I have a personal example of it Ooh. when I'm done. Okay. So, it is a verbal error in which a speaker accidentally transposes the initial sounds or letters of two or more words, often to humorous effect. As in the sentence, you have hissed the mystery lectures. Hey, we did that earlier. <laughs> like multiple times. <laughs> exactly why I thought of this word. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, accidentally spoken instead of the intended sentence, you have missed the hix- history lectures. You almost did it again. Almost. Okay. <laughs> so my example of it mm-hmm. is actually something that my Grammy taught us. Mm-hmm. It's Rindersella lolled in fuv with the pransom hints and slopped her dripper. Whoa. <laughs> it is too late to be trying I know, to... right? <laughs> I can't believe you could say that. What's probably going to be stranger to you, but isn't to me. I have a harder time saying the actual thing than the spoonerism version. I believe that. So it's Cinderella falled in love with the handsome prince and lost her slipper. or Yeah. Dropped her slipper. Dropped her slipper. Yeah, yeah. Slapped her dripper. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's it's a really cool. My favorite. I'm glad you decided to do the word of the day. That I think that's gonna be really fun. Yes. Um to see how that kind of evolves. Or I guess word of the week. Okay, well word of, word the, of episode. the episode. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah, there you go. Um whether or not this will remain a thing, um, mine is an I am statement. Okay. Um, I have a little thing that generates one daily, so I thought that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so if you like I am statements and you want to kind of improve your confidence, you can maybe say this every once in a while. 
Um, today's is I am on a beautiful journey to a better life. Ooh. Which I really like that one. Yes. Um, and a lot of these, it's funny cause like I don't check it every day. Gotcha. But a lot of these I'll like log in and I'll like save it pretty much every time because I like <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah. So I did save this one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So that's fun. I also wanted to tell you that, um, I also wanted to say that I want to manifest some okay. things for our future. All right. So one thing I'd really like to manifest is we were talking about doing investigations, uh-huh. paranormal investigations. So I'd really like to manifest uh, that as far as like getting that towards a Patreon or something in the future. Yeah. When we do Patreon. And then another thing I'd really like to manifest, is, which we know is going to happen, but I I hope for it to happen sooner rather than later, is for Tasha to join us as yes. a guest. Yes. Because she's our homie and our sister, and we want to get her down here. Yes. She moved away from us three know. months ago. I don't know why she'd move to Idaho. 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 I no. don't know. I don't know why she went to Idaho. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I wanted to manifest is that I feel, I guess it's not a manifestation so much as I feel like this is going to be really good for us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like mentally, like not even yeah. monetizing or anything, like just like it's just gonna be being fun. able to get, get things out in the open and... Mm-hmm having fun with each other and yeah some of it i i might have nightmares from but like we'll it'll see. be worth it i think you're more likely to get nightmares than i yes. am because of the crime yes um most thankfully of my is... i haven't had any nightmares from this particular story yeah especially with seeing the didn't you say you saw the car the car oh, and the reenactment would... and oh yeah and the reenactment yeah yeah i think that would I feel like that. I say that would give me nightmares, but I feel like I don't get nightmares from the things I actually see. Yeah, I don't really either. I get the really weird story-like nightmares that yeah. make no sense. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to put out there mm-hmm. is for anyone that listens to this when it comes out, um, we are planning on hopefully doing a monthly listener story. Yes. Um, mean or mis- listeners episode, meaning we will be reading stories from people that just send them into us or give them to us or whatever. Um, since it's the first one, very likely we won't have a lot of stories from other people. But if you're listening to this and want to send something in, please do. Please do. You um, can send it to mysterymonstersmerlot at gmail.com. Or you can also send it through our Facebook because I do check that daily right now. Yes. In the future, that may not be an option, but for right now it is. Um, and then... It can be true crime, paranormal related either way. Um, doesn't really matter too much. And then I don't know how many we'll do per episode. Yeah, it'll depend on how long they how are, long I they think. Are. But um, we'll, it, when they start coming in enough that we have to pick, we'll pick a certain amount to be read in that specific episode. Yeah. Um, that'll be once a month. So um, other than that, I think you we done you got it. I mean, I just want to reiterate, we've got the mysterymonstersmerlot at gmail.com. Yes. 
We have M3 Podcast on Facebook, Facebook. Mm-hmm. and M3, no, M3 Mystery Podcast. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, on Facebook, and then M3 Mystery Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Um, and hopefully I can remember the password to get into Instagram. If not, I can use my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but thank you for anyone that is listening and you, uh, have a good day slash night, whatever you're experiencing. And remember, we scare because because we we care. care.